Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. And now, I am proud to present the owner and founder of Planet Express, Professor Hubert G. Farnsworth. You're all fired. <gasps> Sweet Bongo of the Congo. In fact, you were fired two years ago. That's when we were shut down by the delivery network. Yes, I'm afraid the brainless drones who run the network canceled our license. We were canceled? Oh, it's terrible. Just terrible. Well, clear out your desks and move along. Chop, chop. Well, yes. I see. Good news, everyone. Those asinine morons who canceled us were themselves fired for incompetence. And not just fired, but beaten up, too. And pretty badly. In fact, most of them died from their injuries. <laughs> and then they were ground up into a fine pink powder. Why? Oh, it's got a million and one uses. So what does this mean for us and our many fans? It means we're back on the air. Yes, flying on the air in our mighty spaceship. You're the greatest, Fender. for like 18 months for that to actually be accurate and usable. Why, good morning to you. It is three minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of June in the year of our Lord, 2009. And thank you for coming along, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, the finest city on God's green earth. Thank you for uh, joining us today. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. It is 503-228-4101 if you would uh, like to engage with us via the telephone today. 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at 97. Ah, damn it. (laughs) Like four months went back, and I did the wrong email address. Wow. It's like every now and again I'll start to give up uh, the phone number from when I was a kid. You know, somebody will say, and what's your uh, cell phone number? And I'll say, that's easy. My number is 509-78. Let's try that again, shall we? Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at uh, KUFO.com. You can also text if you like. It is 520-51. Hello, Sarah. X Dillon, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing fabulously. Excellent. How are you? I'm fine. I was actually, not that I don't care, but I was also asking you uh, to kill time while I log into my email. Oh, okay. So how's your life, Sarah? Life is good. What did you do last night? I went for a bike ride with some friends and uh, watched a little crappy reality television. Saw that uh, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here show. Is it the Heidi Montag uh, thing? Yeah, except for they already got kicked off. Oh, that's right, because she's suing because she got locked in a small room where apparently all she was able to do was sit around and eat. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. Awesome. Hey, you know, I've got great news right here. Good news, every. Him just left. 
Did we say something to offend Tim? Just without warning. Like, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. He just stood up and walked away. Well, whatever. I have here in my hands confirmation of something. I don't think Greg even knows this. We have been confirmed for our interview with MC Hammer. Wow. We've been confirmed for our interview with MC Hammer. Fine. I think that's fantastic. Whatever. You know, <laughs> you sons of bitches, I work uh, my fingers to the bone trying to book interviews with, uh, MC with people. Yeah, with MC Hammer. I'm happy for you. I'm pleased to be part of this program due to that fact. And many others. Whatever. You have this thing about Shia LaBeouf watching his parents have sex? Okay. Are you serious? Yeah, there's... Why would I make that up? Why in the name of God? Of all of the things that I could just make up, just out of whole cloth, of all the things I could have fabricated to say right now, why would it have been Shia LaBeouf watching his parents have sex? I don't know. You're what are the, strange. Given the number of syllables and uh, you know that I have to work with, given the number of words in the English language, the, the infinite combinations of the 26 letter, uh, letters that we use here in our alphabet... How would I ever have come up with Shia LaBeouf admits to watching his parents have sex, which is the actual headline, by the way, if left to my own device. creepy. Yes, it is. Uh, do you have this thing about the 72-year-old grandmother being tased? I'm sorry, great-grandmother? We did that yesterday. No, I don't think we did. No, see, you're making that up. That's a thing you're hallucinating now. Greg, did we do a thing yesterday about a 72-year-old great-grandmother being tased? No. No. I, don't, I don't think so. I had to think wow, you're... Wow, we never got to it. No, I think it you're... Was, it was on my list. You're imagining that. Do you have this thing about a drama teacher calling his uh, colleagues sluts and whores and then claiming it's because he's provocative? No, but I'd remember that if we did. All right. Uh, do you have this thing about... Uh, did you get this thing from a woman who wants to talk about hula hooping his back? No, all I right. didn't get that. These are all things that I have over here. Oh, See, she sent me a book. It is, it's, it's not just a MC Hammer and Futurama references. I, I come in. I, Rick Emerson pulls his weight. Bastard. All right, let's pay a visit to uh, the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 5.09. We have a chance of rain after 11 o'clock this morning. Highs in the 70s. Showers moving up the entire weekend. All kinds of bizarre stories this morning. First... A 55-year-old Tualatin woman is charged with raping a 10-year-old boy. Melissa Stevens is the director of the Widow, Widow College and Academics Program. She faces rape, sodomy, and other felony charges for the offenses that allegedly occurred five years ago. A 13-year-old is dead after collapsing while running on Vancouver's Wyatt Middle School track during gym class. Quinn Driscoll was dead before he was taken to the hospital. He was a good athlete playing three sports. The cause of death not determined as of yet. A 21-year-old woman has been charged with abusing a corpse. Details are sketchy, but Umatilla County Police say Araceli Vasquez is Spain faces uh, that charge along with hiding the birth of an infant and manslaughter. She may be linked with that baby found in the toilet in Hermiston's story over the weekend. Eugene police have arrested a purse thief selling stolen items on Craigslist. The cops set up a meeting with uh, Tori Harris after answering the ad Pounced on him and slapped the cuffs on. He now faces charges of identity theft and credit card fraud, and they found all those stolen purses. Okay, so uh, let's uh, start looking at all this national stuff, and there's plenty of it to see. First, it looks like everybody knew about Carrie Prejean's firing, except for her. So this all uh, started last night. The former Miss California title holder, 
was interviewed on the syndicated Billy Bush radio show, and she expressed shock at hearing the news. I just got a phone call from you, and I've gotten some text messages saying, hey, is this really true? And I said, true about what? And they said (laughs) that you're fired. And I I almost started to laugh because we've been, everybody's been cooperating, and everybody's been getting along so well that this is the first I've heard of it. Let's all laugh. That is awesome. So, uh, Miss California USA Executive Director Keith Harris uh, notes that his organization just didn't fire Carrie Prejean out of the blue. We gave her many warnings, and I think that the ultimate warning came when we had the press conference with Mr. Trump, and Mr. Trump said, hey, we're going to move forward, and we're going to try and make this better. And I think from that point on, it was a matter of just trying to put it back on track and not being able to do it. That is great. The I read an interview with uh, Donald Trump about it this morning. He had some little blurb. And you got to give it to that guy. As much as uh, we sort of doubt his financial and business uh, acumen sometimes, he did. I mean, it was the best of all possible worlds for him because he was able to do that great thing, that threading the needle deal of, of, uh, of pleasing all the different camps because he didn't fire her. Whatever, like three, four, five weeks ago, they had the big press conference where he said, and she will be staying on as Miss California. So he was able to milk it for publicity once and please uh, sort of the right-wing contingent of the country. And now he's able to please the other side of the aisle and milk it for publicity all over again and look like he did the right thing to everyone. He is kind of genius. Well done, Donald Trump. Well, let's uh, talk to the new Miss California, shall we? She was already on the website at like 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. She is Terry Farrell. She explains why she won't uh, take a side on some of the things the other Miss California was in hot water for. I just think with all of the controversy that's been going on, I want to start clean and I want to move forward. There's so many other amazing organizations and so many great things we can champion here. And I feel like just like everybody else in the world, I think this has dragged on for so long. Like, let's move forward and start clean. The Obama administration has appointed a PAYSAR to oversee executive compensation at these bailout financial institutions. Keith Feinberg oversaw the federal compensation funds for the 9-11 victims' families and the Virginia Tech massacre survivors. White House spokesman Robert Gibbs said Feinberg's formal ties, oh, his formal title will be, get this, he'll be the special master of compensation. That will allow him to review for soundness, appropriateness, uh, and to limit risk relating to compensation packages uh, for for those companies that are either receiving extraordinary assistance or might might uh, in the future. I got two things to say. One is, when did everything start becoming a czar in this country? I mean, is that sort of is that a recent development? Because there was the drug czar and there was the education czar. In Utah, there was famously a porn czar some years ago. There is, oh, we had some other czar that was appointed last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Something like that. It was like a like an, an internet czar, a technology czar. And now there's a pay czar, um, which sounds like some sort of, a pay czar sounds like. A, a, a pay czar kind of like sounds like a tay czar. Uh, well, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. See, and I was going to say it almost sounds like a treat of some kind, almost like a little like a, like arugula or something that you would get uh, that you would get in Queens. So there's that. Also. What is it, a special master of compensation? Special master of compensation. Special master of compensation sounds like some sort of a name that Dwight from the office would give himself were he a porn star. You know what I mean? He would say, come and please, your special master of compensation right now. And then he would have sort of it like a bejeweled crown because he would also be or the David czar. David Carradine going into the porn store and asking for a uniform for a special czar of compensation. Or that, sure. Hey, Shia LaBeouf watched his parents have sex. Have I mentioned that? That's horrendous. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up. Uh, This isn't quite Gossip Girl, but it's kind of close. A teenage gossip site called People's Dirt has been taken offline. 
Internet host GoDaddy shut down the site after pressure from the Maryland Attorney General Doug Ganser. Going to the Google cache right now. Mm -hmm. People's Dirt grabbed headlines when a teenager was arrested for allegedly posting death threats against another student at Bethesda's Walt Whitman High School. The Internet uh, post on the address was tracked down to a computer used by a teenager in Shelby County, Tennessee. This is uh, Whitman High School uh, Principal Alan Goodman talked about this. The site was causing unnecessary despair for many students. Uh, it caused them to get depressed, caused them to get angry. I'm looking here. Yeah, it doesn't look as though I can even find a cached version of it. Yeah, I can't either. Oh, I have to look harder. Oh, and then there's that. You have that Danny DeVito yes, soundbite? Yes, I do. I do have a Danny DeVito soundbite. All right, so we'll, we'll get play to... them now or later. Uh, I think now, I, we can play it later, but I'm unclear about who he's even speaking to. It's not, what's her name, Joy Behar or No, Behar, it was a local Philadelphia show. Where he asked her, think about the skirt? Yeah. Excellent. The skirt. Right. Well, uh, we'll get the dame. We'll get to uh, that here in just a uh, just a few. Also, seeing a radio correspondent, uh, James Roop, will join us today. Uh, and we will uh, talk to Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week as well, plus Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. This is The Rick Emerson Show. Back after this, it's Rock 101 KUFO on Thursday morning. The Rick Emerson Show, available anytime, anywhere. It's too bad about your rocky insides where no man's seed can find purchase. <laughs> Visit KUFO.com right now. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. How many hours over the course of my, whatever, 75 years I'm going to spend on this earth? Do you suppose I'm going to uh, take untangling? No, longer. There are 88-year-olds in Headphone cords. They can't invent anything better than a headphone cord. They revolutionized everything else in this business, except we're still getting tangled up and tripping over headphone cords. I uh, I probably now spend, and of course it gets, the longer you own your headphones, and here's the thing, it's not just like it's for the, because I have, the headphones that I'm wearing now, I have these, hold on, they're Sony, uh, which I quite like, by the way, in terms of sound, they're Sony MDR V6s, um, which I think replaced, uh, attention radio nerds, uh, I think replaced the Sony MDR 7500 uh, forward slash uh, radio nerd discussion. So, uh, th- I have these which are really great. I mean, they're comfortable. The sound is good. They were uh, they were reasonably priced, uh, but they've got that weird like the nineteen seventies curly Q cord. You know what I mean? Where it's like where it's like this weird corkscrew. It's, even now it's tangling. Even now I'm looking down at it and it's just tangled up in this uh, the huge sort of rat's nest of electronic cabling knots. All right, I'm gonna have to put it down here. But my point is, it's not just these headphones I'm wearing now that get uh, incredibly tangled. If you go to the, like, here's a great advancement uh, that they, advancement, advance that they've made. Here's the thing they've improved on recently. Do you remember up until just a couple years ago, if you, because we've had, I think, four different stages, five different stages in, in uh, this, the evolution of, um, of personal, you know, uh, personal auditory uh, transmission, the things that you have on, near, or around your head to give you sound without bothering the people around you. When the transistor radio first came out, they had that weird white plug thing you jammed into your ear because everything was a mono feed anyway, so it didn't really matter if you had two ear cups. Oh, like in that thing you do when they're running down the street ex- ex- and they run into the appliance store. Exactly like that, where Liv Tyler almost swallows the stamp. 
Um, and I had one of those when I was growing up. I think it's the holdover from the '60s. I think it's something my parents actually still owned, and they just sort of they'd never really gotten rid of anything, and they didn't want to replace anything because why not? The old stuff still works. You keep using it. So I would when I was growing up, I would uh, you know I had this television in my room, and there was the tiny little jack on the side of it that I think was meant to go to a pair of, like, Walkman-style headphones, but instead it just trailed out to, like, the white sort of bell-tone-looking thing that you would just cram into one of your ears that then over the course of several years just became encrusted with your earwax, and it was just, it was revolting, and you have to throw it away. Um, Disgusting. It really was. And so, but as a kid, you don't really recognize that. You don't, you don't really have a, you don't really have a good sense for what's revolting when you're young. Uh, so there was that. Then we had the big 1970s earphones, which are kind of like the ones I have now, but but even bigger, and they were heavy. It was like they were made out of iron. They were made out of iron with a soft sort of foamy interior. And that was, I think, considered state-of-the-art. Then we went to the 1980s, and in the 80s, you had those the light little Walkman headphones, which had just the tiny little spongy coating, and they had the thin metal band that went over the top of your head. Then, about 10 years ago... They created those, and I hate this phrase for some reason, but those those things that are called earbuds, which is a word that really because earbuds that sounds like a thing that you have to go to the uh, like to the uh, to the dermatologist to have removed. Earbuds sounds like the thing you had burned off of your foot with acid, except not on your feet, on your ears. Oh, that'd be worse. You know, like some sort of small uh, warty kind of growth that you have on the side of your head. But those are the things that just go inside your ear. But they were made out of hard plastic, and they just hurt like an mf'er. And then about three years ago, we reached what I think is probably the apotheosis of headphone design in this country, which is those tiny, soft silicone things that go inside your ear that I think the iPhone uh, or the uh, the iPod now comes with. But you can buy as like a standalone sort of headphone set at the store. And those things are immensely comfortable. But the problem is the freaking cord still tangles. And so I don't know what it is we have to do in this country to get a cord for your headphones that does not turn itself into a big pile of knots after, uh, you know, a week's worth of use. Just becomes And then Sarah has probably, I would say for the last seven years, Sarah has probably spent an average of an hour. I mean, over the course of a, you know, Monday through Friday work week. I think Sarah's probably spent an hour or an hour and a half every week watching me curse at God and all of his creations as I try to untangle the cord from my goddamn headphones. Every day. Right. I feel better. Not that much, but a little bit. And that's what, that's what counts as a win in this uh, topsy-turvy world of ours. Well, these are common problems. All right. Well, let's do a couple news stories here with Tim Riley, and then we'll uh, do more news stories with Tim Riley later on. And I swear to God, I'm not going to revisit the headphone thing for at least like another month. We're going to call it good for now. Hello, Tim. Hello. Well, it is 529. Good morning. We do have a chance to rain after 11 o'clock this morning. Highs will be in the 70s and showers all weekend. Looks like businesses and the rich won't be taxed so much after all. A bill to increase taxes by $733 million over the next two years from these two groups of people has been defeated in the Oregon Senate. They wanted to increase minimum taxes paid by two-thirds of businesses and households reporting Earnings of more than $250,000 a year. Okay, all you blind kids, you're on your own. The Senate did manage to give the green light to shut down the Oregon School for the Blind. That means 31 blind kids would be sent home to their own school districts, where the uh, Bill's advocates claim they'll get a better education for the buck. How is it? Well, okay. What uh, what age of blind kid are we talking about here? Is this like school age 17? Kids. Well, no, younger, up to you know, beginning with first grade all the way up to high school. So if you're like a, so if you're like some nine-year-old blind kid, you're just going to be chucked back into the regular education system. Yes. 
Well, that sounds amazing. I don't know. Well, this is one of those things where I don't I, I don't know which answer is correct because it it seems like if I say, well, that's going to suck because they won't possibly be able to get around. Well, then it, I don't know. Am I might. Is that one of those things where as a as a person who can see I'm somehow passively insulting the blind community by suggesting they can't get along. But on the other hand, hello, you're blind. So it seems like maybe finding stuff is going to be difficult for starters. Also, the, hey, what direction am I, am I facing? Also, ooh, what's this book? Oh, I can't read it. So I I don't really know what's correct. Let's quickly go around the room. Do we think that sucks, Sarah? I think that sucks. Probably. Tim, what does the news department think? I guess it does, but I've known blind people who've gotten along. Oh, no, I mean, it, it, I'm not suggesting that the blind, uh, you know, they can't figure out their, you know, their, their way in the world. I'm just saying it seems like, that probably takes a there's probably a set amount of years where you, where you got to I mean, because there's a learning curve there, especially if you if you're one of these kids who's been going to the blind school and then suddenly the school's closed and, and they just shunt you over to one of our regular halls of education. So that is probably going to be, I would say, challenging. All right. Well, there you go. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Thursday coming up later on. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop uh, will talk to us about. Well, there's three things. One, I guess today's the last day that you can watch the regular over-the-air uh, TV before they take that away. <laughs> Sarah Dillon. Oh, man. Um, so maybe you can... Uh, yes? Oh, no, I I, I used to uh, watch Carl Click at noontime, but he's not on anymore anyway at noon. So that defeats the purpose anyway. There's no... That, without Carl Click at noon, I have I no right reason now for you television. Get cable for like 10 bucks a month. I'm sorry? Where? I heard right now that you can get cable for like 10 bucks a month if you don't have cable. Well, oh, well, because I think they're swooping in to, you know, to sort of gather up the I few think... remaining sad souls that have lived this long without cable television. They might swoop me up. Well, I look, you watch enough television online, yeah. uh, you know, that it seems like you you really are a person who ought to have cable because I can, I see the amount of work you put in just trying to track stuff down, uh, you know, on the internet, which is great. It's just it's, it's, that's what technology is there for. But you're not like a person, you're not like, uh, you know, somebody who just has one show that they want to watch or somebody who gets cable because they have a single program mm. that they wish to seek out. I mean, you, uh, you know, you revel in the American I system of entertainment. I All haven't right. had cable for like four years. I, I think I'm ready for it again. See, I don't even know how you can do that. I don't know how you could just wake up and face this world every day as an American without cable. It just, I, I don't even understand how you can leave the house without some sort of, you know, without just feeling the crippling lack of, uh, you know, of television in your life. Uh, well, anyway, so Jim Roop will talk about that. Apparently, medical marijuana is, I'm quoting now, out of control. And we'll talk about the, the former Miss uh, California and whatever, whose name I've already forgotten. It's the Rick Emerson Show. More from Tim Riley in just a moment. This is Pearl Jam. We are live from Portland on Thursday morning. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, it's a tongue. Where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Sex me. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show live. Live from Portland. It's fine. It's it five, is a funny hit I have to look away. It's 503 228 4101. I have to avert my eyes, Tim Riley. Coming up here in just a short while, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, who will talk to us about medical marijuana, which is apparently out of control. So says CNN. All right, so we have an email from a blind guy here, and it says, because we'd asked about the blind school closing and how the kids were all going to get kicked back to the regular education system and whether that would suck or not and how much. Uh, he says, Rick. As a blind person myself, I was mainstreamed in the crappy American education system of the late 80s, early 90s. Back then, 
Computer technology was not as advanced as today. Uh, the kids today have a bevy of different options at their disposal. Most books and electronic education online tools come in an accessible format. Come in an accessible format, rather. Uh, as to the geography of the school, let's just say the cane comes quite in a, uh, comes comes quite handy in helping you not trip over the janitor's cart in the middle of the hallway. Uh, he says, given that, though, kids can be mean little bastards. If I could just uh, X out my high school years, I would get rid of their influence as quickly as possible. Trevor. All right. Well, so there you go. So, I wonder if blind kids are mean to other blind kids, like in a regular school. I would imagine. So I would imagine that probably every social order has its kind of, look, let's just be honest. Uh, every school is an island, and every island has its piggy, Tim. Mm-hmm. That's just that eventually you've, eventually you've got a brain in with a rock. That's just how it goes. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 545. Chance of rain after 11 o'clock this morning. High temperatures today in the 70s. Showers all weekend. There's some guy riding a bike around Salem, grabbing women's posteriors, laughing and quickly pedaling away. And these women don't like it. Three incidents of this guy reported on Tuesday. He's riding a smaller bike, carrying a backpack, unshaven, wearing a baseball cap. Watch out for him. Wild beasts may no longer be kept as pets in Oregon. The House has passed a bill prohibiting the keeping of alligators, monkeys, lions, tigers, and bears. Now, if you had any of these before, you had to have a permit. Now, if you already have these, you don't have to give them back. But if they die, you can't replace them and you can't breed them. So keep your alligators, monkeys, tigers, lions, and bears. Is but, this all monkeys? Every variety all of monkeys, monkey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's very sad. I, we, yeah. we were thinking about getting a monkey for the radio station. We're not oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Oh, come on. It would. I mean... That, that, that's up there with the fish tank of piranha in the talk show studio that hey, a former producer recommended. I that for- thought was a great idea. I forgot about that. That's a thing I can be. We left that tank there, didn't we? We did. Well, because years ago, this is, Jesus, that would have been like, what, 2004, 2005? I think it was before that. It was right before we went to Intercom to be fired. Um, with, when we were leaving, when we were next door at Fisher, uh, Fisher Broadcasting. I had said on the air, sort of jokingly, kind of how like years ago I said that I collected snow globes because somebody was going out of town. Some listener, somebody was going to you know Zagreb, and they, they what do you want? And I said, I I don't know. Uh, get me a snow globe. It was not like I'm opposed to snow globes, but I didn't really collect them. It was just it was a you know you have to have an answer to the question. You don't want them to be looking all over the country for for something to bring back. So I thought it would be easy. I said, get me a snow globe. And then it became this thing that I collect snow globes, which now, the irony is now I do collect snow globes because everybody gives them to me. And so now I have like... my mom goes, she finds you a snow globe. Right. And so I have like 95 snow globes, which is fine. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's a thing that I sort of just tripped into. So I said kind of jokingly on the air several years ago, we ought to just get a tank full of piranha. And the next thing I knew, some listeners showed up with a huge piranha tank. I think actually with everything but the fish, Right. Right. But I mean, the tank was massive because I guess you have to have a very. Which was fine for you guys since the tank was right behind me. <laughs> but you have to have a very specialized setup. So it was this huge, uh, very advanced. I mean, it, it was sort of daunting, technologically speaking. Just this massive aquarium that was built for piranha. And it just uh, it sat there in the studio. And I think Matt at the time said well, you know, he was going to like hunt some down and he was going to you know, bring them into work. And I think at, the, at that point, that's when HR stepped in and decided it was probably not a good idea to have a huge piranha tank in the studio. So you're right. Maybe uh, maybe we should trend away from having a having a monkey here at the uh, at so the radio station. Lift like thousands of pounds of dead weight. Yeah, that's probably not thousands yeah. of pounds of dead face. Yeah. All right, Tim Riley. Meanwhile, an adorable abandoned cougar. Found near Klamath Falls has a new home in Wisconsin. 
Yes, a couple of guys were collecting firewood. They came across a nine-week-old cub abandoned, brought him to a vet, who called the Oregon Zoo for help in finding a new home. And they're experts at this because they have a resident puma expert who has found homes for numerous orphaned cubs for over 18 years. Good thing, because according to state law, if you find one of these cubs and you can't find a home for it within 48 hours, it has to be euthanized because it can't survive without the mother. Is that true? Yes. That's interesting. I would think that if you that, that, that they have uh, claws and fangs and whatever, even at that young age, and they can just figure out how to how to kill stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. You know, it's uh, here's how my brain works, though. As you were doing this story, not that I don't care about the, the plight of the uh, of the cougar cub, because obviously we do. Because adorable we, cougar. Well, we root for things like that to exist, because then there's a chance they'll turn on their owners someday, and so that's more news for us. Like you know what it is, Tim. When you uh, when you preserve the life of a cougar cub today, it's like planting. A, a news acorn that someday will yield a mighty oak when it inevitably uh, you know, maims like one of the family members or something that's raising it. So, you know, not today, but maybe five, six years from now we'll have a great story. But as you were talking about that and you said they have a resident puma expert, Yes. in the back of my head I was trying to figure out how I can ma- make a like a Pete uh, Puma reference at some point during this news uh, story and it never really came together for me. But that's what I was working I can read it again later. Nah, see, I, do you even know who Pete Puma is? No. Yes, you do. Pete Puma is the he is the uh, animated Puma from the Bugs Bunny cartoon that is saying he uh, Bugs says, how much sugar do you want? And he says he wants a whole lot of lumps. But he says it like, I want a whole lot of lumps. No, I'm not familiar with him. Fine. Paris (laughs) Paris Hilton's tainted goods are back on the market after dropping hints that she might be marrying him this summer. Paris Hilton has dumped Douglas Reinhardt after they got into a big fight at a club in Hollywood. This after he was making the rap with another girl. Her friends are said to be quite pleased with his saying. Doug was, quote, a douche. Just like everyone <laughs> just like everyone else who was trying to uh, oh. tell her what to do and dating her for publicity. This is the network of Walter Cronkite, isn't it, Tim? Yes, it is. <laughs> and friends called him a douche. Honestly, Doug is a douche. He was on the hills. Poor Paris. No, Will like, she ever find true love? He's a reality star chaser. Like, he's he dated a bunch of girls from the hills, and then he moved on to Paris Hilton. That, by the way, is the headline uh, that I told uh, that I told Timmy you had to read out of context to see if you could even spot what it was about. Paris Hilton's tainted goods back on the market. Because I, for all I know... I was could, kind of confused. It could have been handbags from China, for all I know. I mean, it's just, I have, I would have no context in which to put that. And so I was walking back from the hallway. I open the door, I walk in, and I just see the headline on Tim's screen where it says Paris Hilton's tainted goods back in the market, and I actually stopped myself from reading the rest of the article because I didn't know what it was about, and I figured it was funnier not to know for a while. Excellent. Uh, Shia LaBeouf says, people think I have sex with my mother, according to this story. Wait. That's a different story than the one I had this morning. I know. I have two different conflicting ones. All right. Well, actually, one says he's watching. This one says he participates. So I don't well, know, maybe one follows I don't know the which other. one to believe. Well, Tim, well, I'll start with the one that you gave me. That's after, a little tamer. After a while, watching's just not enough, Tim. Uh, Shia admits to washing his, uh, washing his parents. To washing, washing his parents. <laughs> that, that, now we have a third story. Third <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one. Give me a sponge <laughs> and a stick. <laughs> and a bucket of water with some less toil. <laughs> he admits to watching his parents have sex. He said he got a sense of humor. See, without watching... cable, Sarah, this is what your life becomes. I'm kind of depressed. Well, Shire said he got a sense of humor from watching his parents have sex. Uh, the comment was the second time he has surprised fans with his thoughts of his parents. He called his mother the sexiest woman I know. 
My humor comes from watching my parents have sex, smoke weed, my mom being naked, just weird hippie stuff, twisted R-rated humor. He tells Parade Magazine. <laughs> it's not your father's Parade Magazine. Okay. So for everyone who never heard of it, here is the reason to read it now. Uh, the Transformers star, who was arrested for DUI in July of 2008, also admitted to being an alcoholic. Why am I an alcoholic? I don't have an effing clue. Part two. He's Shia LaBeouf, kids. He makes $20 million a movie. People think I have sex with my mother. Uh, this is not Tim Riley saying this, no, by the way. This no. is <laughs> Pleased to be excerpting. Reading, yeah. a, uh, reading a quote from Shia LaBeouf. So he was uh, talking to some uh, Japanese journalist in Japan, and he was talking about all the weirdest things that he's read about himself, and he had a very interesting response. Quote, that I have sex with my mother on a regular basis. It's freaking outrageous, he told the Japanese. The Colin Samson interview Cheyenne did with Playboy, where he described his mother as the sexiest woman I know. He also said that during his childhood, his mother would often walk around the house naked, even with his friends over. If I could meet my mother and marry her, I would be with my mother now. But yes, it's hard to believe that somebody could take that out of as sick as that sound. <laughs> Are you making this up? No. Is this... I hate to ask this. Is this some sort of an error in translation? Is this because it was from English to Japanese and back again somehow? That's what it says. Is this... It, has this somehow been, been altered as it's gone from one language to another? It might be. That he wants to marry his mother? Mm-hmm. I remember reading that in an interview long ago where he said that he found his mother extremely sexy and wished that he she was his age. See, okay, but see, no, 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 he did not say that <laughs> because that would be... Wrong. Unbelievably yes. weird and off-putting. Because the first half of that quote is fine. Uh, when he's it, like, it, it's, I think it's, it's, it is probably okay uh, to note, as Anderson Cooper does regularly, that one's mother uh, is or was an attractive woman. Paul McCartney actually said there's this in this book um, many years from now, which until the release of Peter Carlin's book, Paul McCartney, A Life, this fall, uh, it, uh, you know, sort of at this point in time, anyway, kind of stands as the definitive Paul McCartney biography. But McCartney has this thing he says about his mom where he says that he was, um, and it's kind of, even saying it out loud now, it's kind of creepy, but um, McCartney tells this story about laying, he's like in his, he's in bed or he's in his bedroom or whatever, and it's early in the morning and the, the bedroom door is open just a bit, and he sees his mother walk by, I think, to go to the kitchen, to go to the bathroom or something, and I think she's wearing either nothing at all or very little, and he said that he had, he had this realization of like, well, my mom's quite a dish or something, and I... Which I guess is, you know, I, you can sort of get away with that if you're British and, and also Paul McCartney and so you don't care what anybody thinks. But but Shia LaBeouf saying his mom. So what did, what would, what did he say? That he wished his mom was his own age, Sarah? Yes, he said that he wished his mom was his own age so that he could meet her and marry her. That's what it says here. See, that's going many, many steps too far. All right, well, there you go. That's what he said. Let's read the story many more times over the course of the day. Maybe I'm going to read it to sense. myself. I just still can't believe it. Well, where would you like to go from here? I, I don't know. I, I'm so... I, I, I don't know what to follow that up with. I, I'm so confused. I, I'm going through the stack here, and I, I don't see anything that might measure up to that story at the moment. Yeah, that's you've, that's sort of like when you've played your horse with no name. Uh, there's really just nothing you can encore with after that. Well, let's uh, do this, shall we? It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Thursday morning. This is ACDC coming up. More about Shia LaBeouf and his mom. Another thing to that nature. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. We are live from Portland. KUFO Portland.
right then. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. If you would like to uh, be part of the show today, you can also text 520 All right, Tim is gone again. Does one of us need to bathe or something? Something we're not being told? I think he was printing out something. Hopefully, that's what I'm going to tell myself. Uh, coming up uh, just a uh, short while, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop uh, from Los Angeles. Hello. Wait, where was that, Rick? <laughs> we will talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles about the out-of-control medical marijuana laws. Uh, and uh, also about the, the former Miss California, whatever her name is. And the good thing about it is today's the last day we'll have to hear about her. And then we can just sort of expunge her memory from our brains I'm altogether. so glad she kind of just dug her own grave with that. Well, I, you know, and it was... One of those one of those things we said earlier where Donald Trump proving why he is always even, in the, you know, in the news, even though all of his businesses seem to implode because he was able to get the publicity on her kind of coming and going. So we will have uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com later on this hour. Kelly Clark from uh, the Willamette Week will be here. Uh, we'll talk about the deep fried foods of all varieties. And this is actually the final day she's going to be here for like six weeks because she's going to Thailand. Uh, and so we got to drill her on where she's going to be and if it's going to be anywhere near the, uh, the David Carradine uh, death place. Oh, she's uh, a reporter, and you know she's going to find it. I demand a photograph. Uh, by the way, you're going to be inconvenienced this coming uh, Sunday, June 14th, Sunday, yes. You're going to be inconvenienced this uh, just so you can prepare your hate now, because Petalpalooza. No. By the way, Petalpalooza sounds like some sort of gathering of child molesters. All right, let's just put that out there right now. Petalpalooza is fun. I, I'm not saying it's not fun, Sarah. <laughs> I'm just saying it has an awkward sounding. Petalpalooza it it sounds like a NAMBLA convention. Uh, anyway, oh, so, is that going to be here? <laughs> well, which oh, possibly both? I don't, I know. don't know. Anyway, so uh, you just sort of prepare your uh, irritation and annoyance right now. There's going to be Petalpalooza bike ride uh, that is going to be getting in the way of everybody's uh, oh, driving this coming bi- Sunday. Bike ride? Probably. Mm. I don't know who's oh, in Petalpalooza. Is it, people want to see. Well, I always go to the hairy fat bastards because if so, then yes, they'll be naked. Probably. Yes. Um, no, I always just go to the. They have um, a festival once a year on the corner of like Twentieth and Belmont. If by festival you mean traffic clogging bike ride, then we're no, talking about the same one. thing. <laughs> no. no. Are you talking about the? I don't know. Are you talking about the the? You're not it's about a the Colonel, worst. It's uh, Colonel Summers. I, don't, the, I don't know if that's the same thing. No, it's, well, the same, just, well, it's, it's part of the same event. It's not the same day, but I, I know it's like a whole weekend thing. So that's one of the pieces. Well, here's what this is, Sarah. Uh, they've uh, thankfully put this uh, in terms of what, when, where, why, who, etc. This is from uh, wherever, some guy at some bike organization. Petalpalooza bike ride to target the I-5 bridge expansion. An informative, relaxed, easy ride exploring areas of Portland that will be impacted by the current Columbia River crossing proposal. What is that? Is that where they're going to make I five wider? They're going to like they're going to add more lanes or something to it? Is that they the want to build a new bridge? Yeah, I think they're going to do the same thing that they did in Tacoma, like build one bridge going, you know, have one bridge go one direction and have a second bridge to. Oh well, who could be opposed to that? Why would anybody care that they're going to build a new bridge? Don't we want a new bridge? Doesn't that ease congestion? Everybody wants new bridges. Sarah, you want a new bridge, right? I would love a new bridge. Uh-huh. May I have one too? They say the ride will, listen to this, the ride will converge with a surprise, it's not a surprise if you put out a press release announce it. I hate to be doing your work for you. A surprise, nonviolent direct action in opposition to the sea. I've already wait, quit caring about this. Wait, a direct, wait, a surprise. As opposed to a violent one that's going on at the same time. And a surprise one as opposed to one uh, that you reveal in a press uh, announcement that you then send to a radio station. I guess there's going to be two things happening. There's some sort of massive conglomeration of bike people who are going to be, I don't know, pedaling around and 
wearing clown hats or something. Uh, and then there's going to be some other action, and they're all going to converge at around 3.30. So the ride meets 3 p.m. Sunday, June 14th. Departs at 3.30. The ride meets at the south end of Peninsula Park. Uh, blah, 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 global warming, blah, blah, blah. So there you go. So if you care about that sort of a thing, or if you just like to get in the way of people who are trying to be productive, uh, you know, hey. So, yeah, I was at it. the park yesterday, and I heard someone talking about some naked bike ride. I'm not like I'm opposed to bike riding or but something. It was like but a I, very, yeah, very, like, smelly-looking girl. It, well, and it, and it, well, it always is. And it's always people who think that they're going to somehow stick it to the man by clogging the roads. The man, the man isn't anywhere around here where this always happens. The man isn't busy driving to downtown Portland, for example, on like a Monday morning or a Monday afternoon, which is when Critical Mass decides to do these things all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man is living somewhere else and probably has a private helicopter to take him to and from work. And has no idea what's going on in the outside world. The gate is closed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. The man doesn't know. The man don't care. All right. Tim Riley is uh, tracking the following stories on this Thursday morning. All righty. Well, Obama seeks to humble executives at firms receiving government aid by restricting their pay. A blackbird attacking pedestrians in San Francisco is becoming famous. And Ed McMahon faces eviction again when his home is auctioned off later this month. Again? Why wake up every morning as Ed McMahon? <laughs> For what reason? I was... What is there to do every day? <laughs> Sit there and stare at the ceiling and listen to your vertebra crack. Do you, my guess, I mean... Let me back up for a second. My take on it would be, when you say, why wake up every morning as Ed McMahon, I would say, why wake up Ed McMahon every morning really is the thing. I mean, if you if you were in charge of that guy's health care, wouldn't you just sort of, I mean, just increase the morphine until he just isn't aware of anything going on around him? I mean, what? It's not like he's like there's some hill he's going to get over and then everything is going to be peach fuzz again. It's 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 not like it's somehow just going to be rose petals if he can just make it past this one hurdle. Like he's like he's one good week, uh, you know, away from just uh, you know from turning everything around. I mean, can he can he seriously consider the thought it, like today is going to be a good day? No. <laughs> I mean, we know that's false. <laughs> today, my wife will not snap my neck, allegedly. All right. Uh, it's uh, 503. I'm sure she's a loving individual. Sure she is, Tim. Uh, uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir. Man, the case may be. Sure, man. Uh, it's Eric uh, from Clackamas. Hey, what's up? Uh, I want to let you know, and this will be nothing to do with what you're talking about, but uh, I was online last night reading uh, on the uh, website www.gamespot.com. Mm-hmm. They don't work for it, but it's a cool website. Uh, they had a story on there about uh, the Xbox Live service is going to be offline Tuesday, June 16th, and they are going to implement some uh, restructuring. So later on in the year, they're going to add uh, features that uh, will allow you to download actual 360 titles straight to your hard drive from their uh, service. Really? That would be awesome because I have lamented for some time now that if you, uh, when they release a new game... See, here we go again. We ought to have just a segment called Things That Only Bother Americans. American Problems, Volume 75, that I have to get in my car and go to the store and buy a video game, that I can't just sit on the sofa and have it delivered to my Xbox. Yeah. Well, the PS3 has had the service for a while. They haven't had every game on there, but they've had a couple of games on there that you can download. Well, because um, the, you'd have to get a bigger, you'd have to get another Xbox, though, right? Because your hard drive is only like 10 gigs yeah. or something. You know, the standard hard drive is 20 gigs, so I have 120 gig because I'm a geek, so I can put Excellent. it on there. But um, they, They're going to add a service where you can actually rate games also, 
So you can go online. You can, like, turn on your account and just go to, like, reviews. So you can read other people's reviews of games instead of buying something that you hate. Fantastic. Terrible. So. And I, I did see also that there's some group that is just formed uh, to boycott. They're already, there's this group that is already in advance saying that they're not going to buy Left 4 Dead 2. They're going to boycott Left 4 Dead 2. Because they're all, well, and I wonder the same thing. And their whole, this group's angle on it, which I don't. I don't necessarily agree with, but their angle is that Valve ought to be releasing Left 4 Dead uh, is this it's a, the first person shooter. It's zombie apocalypse, blah, 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 shoot him in the head, blah, 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 brains. And their thing is that rather than putting out Left 4 Dead 2 as a standalone game this November, that Valve ought to just be putting that online as downloadable content uh, and waiting for the actual sequel, you know, waiting a year or two. You know, in, in other words, augmenting the existing game uh, instead of just trying to shove it on everybody as like a $40 uh, game this November. And I'm of sort of two minds on that, but, you know. Well, it, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. If anybody could get this downloadable service to work, it would probably be Valve. Yeah, I well, it's, see, and Valve is really good about offering stuff, you know, for download now. I know that's one of the things they've clashed with Microsoft over, especially because Microsoft likes to charge for everything, and Valve likes to give stuff away. And I know that that has been that's been a bit of a bone of contention between them and uh, the Xbox Live service. Excellent. Well, thank you for the heads up, sir. Yeah. Hey, get on Xbox Live, man. I want to. I want to get killed by you. Yeah. Do I, it right now. <laughs> maybe, we'll wait. I should just bring it here to the studio. I'll just do it during Slack moments. I should totally do that. That would be awesome. You could put, like, a little video camera in there, and uh, we could watch you fragging people. Okay, that's not a bad idea, actually, because we've got... Okay, here's the thing. Uh, here's another American problem. We've got this great flat-screen TV, but it's actually down the hall in another room. We don't have a place to hang it here in the, in the new studio. Uh, so the flat-screen is actually in this completely empty room that is down the hall from us, and Greg is already looking at me with a sort of sinister gleam in his eye because I went ahead and I got a whole different gamer tag for Xbox Live so that I could give it out on the air, and then, of course, that was right as we changed, stations changed, you know, we went from middays to mornings, and I've been actually so busy, I haven't even really been able to use it, so that is solving, like, three different problems at once if I put uh, the Xbox Live system here in the studio. Well, it would also get me off your ass because I've been rapidly bothering you about it for, like, the last month. Okay, and you know what? Maybe I could get CBS to pay for that because we've got nothing but money at this point. Well, here, here, make it a, make it a promotion. Have people come up with a, tie, a name that you could call that segment or something like uh, like Zombie Death K Rock or something. I don't know, Zombie Death One Hundred and One. And then I get to, and then we could get a a, a uh, we get some sort of a an ancillary revenue tie into that, as they say. Tim, could I deduct that uh, from my taxes if I were to bring an Xbox Live here to the studio and do it on the air as sort of show content? Could I write that off? I would, yeah. Yes. Wow, yes. how exciting for us. I am all over that. All right, I'm on it. All right, thank you. What's your name, sir? Uh, Eric. Eric, you are a god among humankind. I appreciate Eric. your call. That's very exciting. I'll sit here and play solitaire. Thank you. There you go. Maybe you. we can play Scrabble or something, Tim. Get you, uh, that could be. Uh, there you go. That's, uh, that's uh, Eric. All right. Twister. Uh, it's uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503 228 for 101, thank you for uh, joining us. We will uh, return momentarily with uh, Tim Riley at the news desk later on this hour. Mr. Skin will talk to us about uh, the nudity of Sandra Bullock. And he'll do it in a way, amazingly enough, that is less creepy than Matt Lauer on the Today Show. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. It's too bad about your rocky insides where no man's seed can find purchase. <laughs> Visit KUFO.com right now. Well, it was just a matter of time. Somebody's uh, getting all up in my business about use of the word momentarily. And the I text can... message stuff? No, well, I think I said uh, coming up momentarily. It'd be Tim Riley. 
without even reading this email, I already know what it's going to say. Here, I'm going to predict the... This is... This will be interesting for everybody. I will predict the contents of a uh, grammar-oriented email. Radio. All right, wait a minute. This will be somebody saying that when I say Tim Riley will be coming up momentarily, that I mean to say he'll be here in just a short while, but what I am actually saying, this will be the person's claim, that I am actually saying that he'll only be here for a second, then he's gone again, sort of like he momentarily appeared. Oh. All right, hold on. And... Is this from a text you're reading? No, this is an email, Tim. Rick, I'm sorry to be a grammar nerd, but you've been saying this for years. It drives me nuts. You keep saying we'll be back momentarily. Momentarily means for a short time. The word you should be using is presently, which means in a short time. Unless you're going to be back in a short time, but just for a little while, in which case you should say you'll be back momentarily presently. See, I think he's wrong about that, though. I think depending on the context, I think there are actual multiple definitions for the word. So I got to look it up. It just bugs me when people say literally. Uh, don't even get me. Yeah. Momentarily doesn't bug me. Uh, the, literally, figuratively is one of those things that makes me want to set people on fire. Mm-hmm. And that would be, no, no, no. I was literally on fire with I anticipation. Was starving. Yeah. Uh, I hate people. At the uh, news desk, one of the few people we don't hate. It's I think Tim we all do. Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 627. We're going to have rain after 11 o'clock this morning, so expected highs in the 70s, showers all weekend. An alleged DUI driver hit two cop cars, called 911 while driving. 19-year-old Lindsey King swerved through traffic on Highway 217, hit a median, and then two cop cars. The call show he was advised repeatedly to please pull over. Not It's not a he, it's a she, actually. To pull over, and, well, the problem is she didn't know where she was. Couldn't see where she was going. And her charges include reckless driving, reckless endangerment, criminal mischief, and DUI. Home foreclosure rates are down in May, but still substantial in the Portland metro area. Now one in 125 homes, that's one in 525 homes are on the list. That's 89% over last year's numbers. Well, uh, wait a minute. So one out of every 500 homes has been foreclosed? Mm -hmm. Is on the list. Well, that doesn't sound like a lot. That's like, that's only a fifth of 1%. Kind of. Kind of. But it's 89% more than last year. Well, I suppose, but I, but, I, but percentages are misleading. So because you'll hear radio stations do that. Our listenership is up 6,000%. Mm-hmm. Well, it means you had like three guys listening last year, and there's like 50 guys listening this year. Well, we're glad we have them. Well, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're, we're glad for every one of, those, uh, one of those guys, every one of those percents, Tim. Um, now, see, now I'm all overly cautious about every uh, word that I use for fear that uh, some guy is going to inc- – by the way, and that's a, that is incorrect. I just went to MerriamWebster.com mm-hmm. so that you're not just taking uh, my apparently unreliable word for it. According to Noah Webster, momentarily means for a moment, in other words, for just a brief period of time, or at any moment, or in a moment. You sons of bitches. So, as I just said, depending upon the context, it either means for a short while or in a short while. Okay. So, there you go. That's right, one to grow on. I'm just saying, is I, take the, uh, I take the use of language very seriously, you sons of bitches. All right. I win. The end. Here's Tim Riley. David Letterman is defending a joke dubbed, quote, sexually perverted, unquote, by Sarah Palin. In a recent interview of, uh, in a recent episode of Letterman, he made a crack about baseball star Alex Rodriguez impregnating one of Palin's daughters at a New York Yankees game. One awkward moment for Sarah Palin at the Yankee game. During the seventh inning, her daughter was knocked up by Alex Rodriguez. 
All right, that's pretty funny. I love him. Well, he attempted to explain himself last night. These are not jokes made about her 14-year-old daughter. I would never, never make jokes about raping or having sex of any description with a 14-year-old girl. That being said, he's not going to apologize to Palin. Were the jokes in question in questionable taste? Of course they were. Of course. Do, do I regret having told them? Well, I think probably I do. Would I do anything to advocate or contribute to underage sexual abuse or misconduct? Absolutely not. You know, here's the thing about Letterman is that Letterman, unlike Jay Leno, is a you can tell that he's a real person because you can only push that guy so far because before he just gets really pissed off about stuff on the air, which is kind of what makes him great. Also, here's something that nobody's talking about. Don't get me wrong. I love Conan O'Brien. I really do. He's a funny guy. Great replacement for Jay. Infinitely better than Jay Leno. Oh, yes. But, you know, uh, but Letterman's back to beating him. Because uh, Conan came out of the gate uh, really strong, and uh, Letterman has already uh, overtaken him in that slot, mm. which which you can't even really put on like sort of a big bad David Letterman beating up on newcomer Conan O'Brien because Conan's been doing that. He's been on the air for like fifteen years now, and I know it's a different you know it's a different slot, but it's also it's not as though he's an unknown quantity or a new brand or something. So that is all about the greatness of David Letterman, a uh, colleague here at CBS. Here's Tim Riley. Up to North Carolina we go, where a woman was allegedly beaten in high time by her son. She's getting out of the hospital. He broke into his mother's home, assaulted her with a baseball bat, and bound her with duct tape. Helen Reese managed to get loose and uh, call 911. I've been beat up by my son. I just got loose, and I crawled out the window, and I came over here to my neighbor's house. He's had me beat up since 6 o'clock, beat me with a ball bat. My hair is all bloody. He's over there at my house, and he's stole my money and my billfold and everything. My hair is all bloody. He hit me with a ball bat? Well, maybe he just found her very sexy. Well, the neighbor says uh, the son, Woody, usually wouldn't do such a thing. I'm feeling angry towards Woody because I couldn't believe he'd do something to his mom like this when she's helped him out so much. He's more of a type of person that wants money, but whenever, you know, his mom won't give it to him, he'll get real mad. But most of the time, he just walks away. He's not more of a violent type of person to pick up something and hurt her. So I don't know what it was. Uh, Probably just the drugs in him. I, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> he has the drugs in him. Just tag the whole story. There's no mention of drugs anywhere else. Where and it? it's probably the crack cocaine. I, why would you put... That's called burying the lead in news parlance. That's a thing that ought to be up front. Like a son who smoked a giant bucket of crack, uh, then beat... And also, I like the neighbor who weighs in. There's something funny about being mad at Woody, by the way, which is sort of... Maybe that's a 21st century variation on lifting couches. Um, there's something funny about the way he says... It's, he says something like in that soundbite, like it, it's wrong the way that he would beat up his mother with a baseball bat, especially after she's helped him a lot recently. Like under other circumstances, it would be perfectly fine. Like there'd be no issue with it at all. <laughs> if fine, she beat her. her. She'd deserve it. Yeah. Give her a good savaging with that toaster while you're at it. Here's well, lucky you. Woody's mama was in the frame of mind to describe her injuries. Beat me with a ball bat. My hair is all bloody. My hair is all bloody. Are you missing the best one though, Rick? The ball bat. I I know. I it's uh, ball bat is one of those phrases. Not, well, she didn't want it to be confused with the bat that flies. <laughs> ball bat is funny, just like the word screwballs is hilarious to me. I'm having a screwballs renaissance, actually. Be, is the, I mean, you talk about a word that just sort of went under the radar for like 50 years that I think only just now uh, is being realized as sounding just in- incredibly vile and hilarious. Like no matter what context it, it you know it's used in. You know what's making a comeback too is cornhole. 
Cornhole. Well, cornhole it never really cornhole went away. Renaissance. Didn't we play cornhole on the intercom parking lot? And then later in the office. Um, what? You know, when they fired us. I don't remember even working there. <laughs> you I did. Really don't. I trust I me when I tell do. you, you did. I, I think I was in that building at some point, but I don't remember a thing about it. I remember the kitchen was filthy. She'd uh, ask the unemployment office. They can probably verify well, that you worked at Intercom. <laughs> I remember Kyle going and getting me lunch, and that's about it. I remember. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, there was that all about him. woman who ran that lunch cart down the Kyle. street. I wonder if she's still there. I don't know. That was good, though. They had really good teriyaki. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you ever do this? Speaking of how crazy we all are, um, do you ever, oh, you know, here's something I repressed. Okay, I'm going to make a note. I, I had this horrible thing well, happen well, yesterday. Well, spill it right now. I, you'll feel better. Well, I don't want to get all shy on you. I uh, I had a horrible thing You're happen yesterday. you to your mother? Well, that's, that's when what is, I was thinking. When is that not the case, Sarah? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so I had this horrible family thing happen to me yesterday, though, actually. It's funny you mentioned that, that, that it had, you know, And that, it would be a rarity. Well... Yes, hold on. Family thing. I can't believe I didn't tell... Let me just back up for one second, and then I'll back up further, then we'll take a break. So, I talked to Sarah yesterday on the phone, uh, I don't know, about, like, what, 6 o'clock or so? Yes. I was on my way. I was actually right in your neighborhood. I was on my way to Hawthorne. You two speak often on the phone. Yes, I would say. Actually, that's true. We probably talk a couple times a day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's I know, which is weird, actually. But I you can't know what? Imagine talking to anyone twice. But here's <laughs> you know, the thing: once. I called you on the phone yesterday afternoon. You did, and I was surprised. I picked it up. I thought, oh no, <laughs> not again. I, I'd rather know right now before I eat. Because so, your name true. flashed on the screen, I go, oh no, Jack Hutcherson so calling soon, to fire you again. We just moved in here like a month ago. <laughs> that's why I do that sometimes too. When I see Rick calling, I'm like, good or bad, good or bad, good or bad. Well, it's like I'll answer it to make him feel better, so he can <laughs> so he can spill his guts right now, and I can get on with the day. And we could both move on with our lives. Look, Tim, we uh, we gave it a good try, really, but uh, sorry, <laughs> surrender the inevitable. Um, so yeah, I talked to Tim yesterday, which is great. I probably Tim and I probably talk on the phone maybe three times a year, it's and bad. and one of those times again is you know it, it usually is a firing or a look. I'm going to need a reference. So... Tim and I have never spoken on the phone. I missed a phone call from him once, but yes, then we never yes, we did. Talk. We did recently on the phone. No, we, oh, that's right. We didn't talk. I left you a message. Yes, I remember. <laughs> so you, the closest you've ever come to having a phone call with Tim is you've talked. You missed a call from him once. Yeah. All right. Her well, name is in my phone. Well, uh, so Sarah and I talk on the phone a couple times a day, and now that I think about it, that's kind of weird. That it's is not weird. That, it's not that I care, but it's like okay. Well, because like, we'll have to talk about work, or else I'll ask you for like brotherly advice. Well, you know, like Lara's mom talks to one of her nieces. It's it's Lara's cousin. They talk on the phone like. Five times a day, not Lara, but but her mom and uh, uh and a cousin, they talk on the phone like repeatedly every day. It's like what what could you possibly have to talk about several I talk times to a day? My mom usually once a day. See, that's uh, that's just so weird to me. But you and I talk several times a day. Anyway, just r- real quickly, and then we then we'll break it off to finish the story on the other side. You and I talked yesterday, and a I just gotten up from a nap. B it had no coffee. C I just had to get my dogs from the groomer, and Philo got off his lease and ran into the street. Because she put the wrong collar back on the wrong dog, and I didn't check. She switched Max's collars with Philo, oh, and so no. we went out of the street, and Philo just jerked his head, and he came right out of the collar. Oh, That's man. always scary when that happens. And then I was like, you know, Philo! But I forgot, you know, I raised my voice, because that works with Max to stop him. But it doesn't, It ha- I forget it has the opposite effect with Philo, because when you raise your voice, he runs, and he ran, it's so freaky, he ran into Hawthorne. He ran onto Hawthorne Street. Oh, oh. my God. And fortunately, a woman... Oh, I never got her name or I would thank her right now. A woman jumped into the road without even looking to, like, stand in front of him. And he was actually so freaked out by her that he paused for a moment. He's like, 
All right, the lesser of two evils, and he ran back to me. So I was so I was in a really weird mood when I talked to you, and I was already in a terrible mood because of this thing that had happened to me yesterday involving my family. So uh, okay. we will talk about that when we get back. All right, I'm sorry, we got to do this. Back after this, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. More from Tim Riley and uh, and the awful thing that happened. And stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Ladies and gentlemen, you and your groin, you, you keep listening. On Rock 101 KUFO. I'm done. I'm done. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Our number is 503-228-4101. You can also text. It's 52051. Coming up in the next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop uh, from Los Angeles about the uh, analog digital cable something. It only affects Sarah. So uh, We also have uh, Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week will be joining us. And uh, Tim Riley at the news desk in just one moment. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend Mr. Skin. Greetings and salutations, good sir. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Uh, it's uh, going fantastically. We at Skin Central are very excited about the premiere of season two of True Blood on HBO Sunday night. Um, the first season turned many uh, people into vampiromaniacs because of not only was it a real cool show, but... Boy, they got some real hot young stars to do their first nude scenes. Lizzie Kaplan, Mean Girls, uh, you might know her from Mean Girls, had a great nude debut. Anna Paquin, Academy Award actress, uh, did her first nude scene in that. So uh, we're hoping True Blood Season 2 is as scintillating as the first season, and it starts uh, Sunday night on HBO. Has that? Now, see, I have to tell you, I'm, uh, I think, two or three episodes in to the first season. So I have just started watching... Uh, True Blood, and who is it? Who is the uh, uh, the woman who is Anna Paquin's best friend? At this point, it's like two or three episodes in, so she's she's a barmaid, she's the hot black girl. Oh yeah, oh the bla- yeah the black girl. Um, uh, gosh, her name Rutina Wesley. Now she unfortunately never gets naked in the first season. She was one of the you know she she's a main character in the show. She never got naked, nor has she ever done a nude scene. But she's super hot, and later on you'll see her in a bikini, and you'll hope hope that she'll do some nudity in season two. Her name's Rutina Wesley. Excellent. Fantastic. Right. What else is that going on out um, there? Also, Francis Ford Coppola has a new movie in theaters this weekend called Tetro, and he's one of the great directors of all time. I mean, The Godfather's Apocalypse Now. And uh, this movie's loaded with nudity, but, Rick, it's mostly, you know, these are foreign actresses that are nude in it. Uh, Maribel v- Verdu is probably the most famous to American audiences because she was the hot chick in E2 Mama E2 Mama Tambien, but uh, I can tell you there's lots of nudity in Tetro, just uh, you're not going to know many of the girls. They're, they're uh, foreign ones. Uh, also on DVD this week, um, there's a Harrison Ford Ray Liotta movie called Crossing Over at the new release section of your favorite video store, and at the skin offices, we were blown away by a nude scene from a girl named Alice Eve, who um, you know, when I do my anatomy awards every year, I give a very prestigious award, uh, Best Breasts, and uh, this is a candidate for Best Breasts of the Year. And uh, if you have a chance to see it uh, crossing over, you'll be blown away by the nude scene. Alice Eve has been a big searched item at our website this week. Uh, finally, I wanted to mention Revolutionary Road is out on a DVD at uh, another new release. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet star in this, but the real Titanic twosome belongs to Zoe Kazan, who is uh, Eli Kazan's uh, 
uh, I think, granddaughter. So she uh, comes from some pretty cool stock, but she uh, really has an amazing... Uh, Zoe Kazan. Of, yeah, Zoe Kazan. Looking and, this uh, up right now. Yeah, you got to check that out. She has some incredible Kazangas. So. Excellent. I'm a fan <laughs> already. I'm looking at this right now. Yeah, I have... Anyway, uh, Revolutionary Road, no nudity from Kate Winslet, a rare movie where she's not naked, but uh, Zoe makes up for it, and uh, you can check that out uh, new on DVD this week. Excellent. All right. Thank you, my friend. We will uh, speak with you next week. As always, uh, you are doing the Lord's work. We'll talk to you okay. next, uh, next Thursday. So there you go. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, All right, got to close this window because it's uh, distracting me. All right, there you go. There's uh, Mr. Skin. It is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Thank you for uh, joining us. So we have a uh, CNN Radio correspondent, Jim Roop, who's going to be coming up uh, next hour. Tim Riley, uh, uh, what headlines are we following uh, right now as we plunge further and further behind today? As we speak, a fatal wreck is closed on the stretch of South Redland Road in Oregon City. Uh, Craigslist is making lots of money in advertising that newspapers used to get. As a matter of fact, uh, Eugene's newspaper just had to lay off a whole bunch of people because they're losing a lot of money to Craigslist. And Microsoft plans on pulling the plug to a popular program. I guess it's popular with no one. <laughs> Microsoft, please tell me it's not the Zune. As long as it's not the Zune, Tim. No, I can it's... live with everything unless they take away the Zune. You can keep your Zoom. All right. Uh, so I'll just say that Sarah reminded me that I haven't told the family story. And yes, I re it sounds riveting. Here's the thing. I realize in advance that it'll make me sound even more mental than I normally do. But you know what? Well, give it a shot. But, yeah, but, 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 but that's fine. You know, Dawn Taylor confessed to being locked up in a booby hatch because she had some eating disorder. So, I mean, really, uh, who am I to, uh, you know, to shield the uh, various fractured sections of my psyche from the... Look, Sarah goes... Did you tell... Was it on the air... That you told what your shrink told you? Yes. You did that the the inappropriate touching? Not yes. not with you, but the, 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 somebody in... That and, it had touched a family And she was, like, naming names? Yeah, she she specifically named somebody because she's like, this person used to work in Portland Which sounds Radio. illegal, by the way. The idea that your shrink would tell you the name of someone, especially a known person, who, in, in according to the shrink, allegedly uh, engaged in some sort of uh, inappropriate touching of a, of a child. Yeah. Who was it? <laughs> that's the newsman's instinct right there see there you go that's that's there we go that's we're making up for that uh, that uh, the, the shia labeouf thing earlier there's your your cronkiting coming back um well in any event so uh, so who am i to uh to hold back on the personal anecdotes so yesterday and i should and i there's parts of this i probably won't say because other, i'm gonna get an earful from my mom so if i t if i use too many details here no 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 but she listens online hello mom uh, so, Hi, Mrs. Emerson. If I give too much, we met her at the death metal concert, which I'm sure we did. she, she enjoyed was awesome. at the Klingon, uh, at the Red Shirt Festival. So, if I tell too many details, my mom is going to call up and she's just going to fill my ear full of guilt about you know blah 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 blah. But so I was uh, out and about, as they say, yesterday, and I was uh, taking care of some stuff. And I it, it, like I don't know, it was like noon or one, and I realized that I hadn't eaten. Do you ever do those where you're just so busy or you wake up late and you're kind of going from the minute your feet hit the floor and you, you, you realize you just haven't had any food that day and suddenly you are overwhelmingly hungry. It's like you're not hungry until you suddenly go, by God, I haven't eaten since yesterday. I'm starved. And then as your brain remembers that it needs to, you know, to eat and then you are just, uh, you are ravenous. So I'm driving around in a, um, in a, in a bit of a far-flung locale. It was not in the metro Portland area. And it was a place I didn't know all that well. We'll put it that way. It was a place that I wasn't really familiar with. It was it in the state? Uh, well, yeah, it was in Oregon. I'm just saying it wasn't in like metro. It wasn't in southeast. We'll put it that way. So I was driving around, didn't really know the neighborhood, 
And I was like, oh, my God, I got to have some lunch or I'm going to pass out. What am I going to eat? And so I do the thing of firing up the GPS and I start sorting by location because it tells you what restaurants are nearby, you know, what's closest. And lo and behold, like 300 yards away, just around a corner, hidden from view, but really close, is a restaurant that is, I'm a big fan of. It's a chain restaurant, it's a, it's a, but, it's, but it's a chain that I love, but there isn't one anywhere near me, so I don't get to eat there that often. I'm like, fantastic, I'm, I'm going to go there right now, and I'm going to gorge myself silly. So I pull in, I do, you know, grab my you know, stuff, I walk into the restaurant, and, uh, and the whole side note of me like walking five blocks out of my way to get a newspaper because I can't eat without reading because I'm mental. So I go into the restaurant. I'm all fired up to have my lunch. I'm standing there in line. I wait. Uh, you know, I, I order whatever it is. I give the guy my uh, I give the guy my my cash. He gives me my change. And it's a um, I will go one step further to say it is a it was a place offering a buffet style meal because I am that guy. Oh, so it's I have Izzy's. it wasn't Izzy's. You said that, not me, and it wasn't that place. But so I have my plate, I have my fork, I have my knife, and I'm all ready to get my eat on. And so when I put it down at the table, and uh, I go back up, and you know I'm, I'm like taking in the uh, taking in the whatever, and I realize even there's like a beverage that comes with the meal, and I go, and there's no glasses. And I say, oh, where did the glass go? And I look, and the glass dispenser is empty. It's like there's been a run on liquids at this restaurant, so there's no glasses. So I, I look around, I don't see any. And so I look up behind the counter, and a guy walks by me, and I go, "Hey, uh, hey, can I uh, can I get you for a second? And He looks at me, and goes, "What?" And I go, uh, "There's no there's no glasses." And I think he himself was on his lunch break because he had the guy behind the counter had like a plate, and he was eating something. And I said, "There's no glasses," and he goes, "Oh, there, there's none on the glass thing." And I said, "No, there's none. On, there ain't no, there's none on the glass thing, friend. There, there ain't be any." There, there, I'm going to hit you with a ball bat. There'd be an abject lack of glassification happening here. And he says, oh, look for it. And as he says, oh, I'll go look for it. And I don't know what it means. I don't know if it is like a collective term for all of the glasses. As he says, I'll look for it. He's not making eye uh, contact with me. He's not looking at me, but I'm looking at him. And it's that thing where that slow motion horror film where time slows down. And I realize that it is... A relative of mine, who I will oh, not, no. who I Are will not, serious? I am not, I am serious. Oh, Rick, just when I doubt you, you pull out gold. <laughs> and I have, I have altered just enough uh, details <laughs> so that my mom, if she's listening, will not know who I'm speaking about. So she won't be able to call up and go, I can't believe you didn't him. Because he, and he didn't notice me, but I, but I, but I, you know, I sure as heck fire remembered him. And I look up and I went. Oh, oh no, I've chosen so poorly. Why did I come here? And I mean, look, I now live hours away from my hometown, all right? And I live, in some cases, thousands of miles away from my family members, and that's not an accident. That's not by coincidence. That's not by happenstance. I have done everything in my power to get as far away from my family as possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. I do it myself. Except, except for your mother, whom you love Except dearly. for my mother and uh, my younger brother. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's the end. Bottom, that's, that's, that, there's a period at the end of that sentence. Because the idea of spending time with most of my family fills me with an almost physical revulsion. Just an overwhelming, horrible, visceral, shuddering sensation. Like you've had some bad Chinese or something. Um... So I say, there's no glasses. He goes, I'll go look for it. And I realize it's this relative of mine. And I thought, oh, God, I've got to. And at that moment, he sort of turns his back 
to start rummaging around looking for the glassware so that I might refresh myself with a tasty beverage, one of their many offerings. Uh, and at that moment, with, it was that thing where, like, your insta- it's like your muscle memory bolt? takes over. I bolted. I turned around. So it's like, you're my relative. I'm right here. And I go, no glasses. He goes, I'll look for it. He bends down. And at that moment, it was all coming together in my head. And it was that, like, fight or flight thing where you just have the—you have a fraction of a second to make mm-hmm. the decision. And I just turned around, and I just, just strode directly over to my table, which is nearby. And, like, in one—oh, I should mention at this point that I had actually gone to the buffet and had taken one of the items from the buffet and put it on the plate. So I already had, like, the food there, but I didn't have the glass and beverage, blah, blah, blah. So I turn around, I stride directly to my table, and in one smooth motion, I grab my keys with one hand, leaving my newspaper behind that I walked five blocks out of my way to buy, incidentally. I grab my keys in one hand, and yes, I just grab the food in my other hand and walk out the door, kicking the door open with my foot, because I can't even be bothered to, to like do it in stages. So I have this food, which is greasy, incidentally, in my right hand and the keys in my left hand and just gone. And so I have this image of him turning around, having found it. (laughs) uh, And it's like there's a little dust cloud, like Wiley Coyote style or something, where I once was. I went out of the parking lot and then I actually found myself sort of ducking down, sort of like... Because there's the wi- the signs hung in the windows of the restaurant, sort of ducking and then trying to get into my car. And it's like your mental talk. It's like, get in the car, where are my keys, where are my keys, where are my Seriously, keys? that's the whole thing. And yep. it's like, I picture that, like, I'm going to turn around and he'll be there in, like, a Jason Voorhees mask <laughs> standing beside me with a, you know, with, you know, with a Ginsu knife or some, something. And then I get into the car and then it's like the grease is on my hand because I have no napkins, but I've got this greasy food. Oh. And then I end up having to find a sock that's laying on the floor oh, of my God. car. And oh. clean. What am I going to oh. do? Put it on my steering wheel? I don't want my steering wheel greasy. <laughs> Anyway, so then I then I found the sock and I had to clean off my hand and drive. And then, I, but the whole time I'm afraid that the door is going to open to the restaurant. And he's going to walk into the parking lot. Hey, Rick, I, I thought that was you. Jesus, disaster nearly averted. I'm sorry, mom. I just couldn't bring myself to talk to this person. So Hit me with a ball bat. My hair is all bloody. All right, thank you. All right, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Okay, I feel better. People are sending me their own story about going out of the their own stories about going out of their way to uh, avoid relatives. This one says, Rick, I once ditched an entire cart full of groceries in the store after I spotted my estranged alcoholic father in the frozen food <laughs> section. I still wonder what the security tape looked like as I lurked around for five minutes before running out the front door. That's true. I guess it doesn't have to be a relative. Like, I mean, I've abandoned places when I see people that I don't want to see. It's like an ex-boyfriend or something. Oh, yeah. Somebody or just get the hell out. Suddenly, there's just a huge basket of groceries on the floor, and you're just gone. Mm-hmm. And that was, and it was just put me in though. I here's the, the thing: I can't believe I didn't mention it this morning at the beginning of the show because I actually I had made a note to myself, sort of mentally yesterday. It was while I was taking the dogs home. I was going to explain to you why I was in such a grumpy mood when I talked to you yesterday, and it's because it just ruined my whole day. And I think it was actually it put me in such a bad mood. My brain flushed the story away. Which is why it never even I don't even know what prompted it now. Why did why did that even occur to me? Because it happened yesterday and I totally had I had just expunged it from my brain until about 20 minutes ago. So some we, we were must talking have, about yesterday. We I must don't... have done something uh, that sort of reminded me of that. But and so it just but it put me in the worst mood for the rest of the day. 
just having to duck out of this restaurant to avoid. I mean, seriously, Jesus, of all the restaurants in all the cities in the world, and that I walk into this restaurant, it is some slack-jawed relative of mine, and a relatively close relative at that. I'm sorry, that was an unfortunate repetition of the word. But, you know, a reasonably close relative no, you behind the counter. Is. That, is a, that is a close relative. Yeah, I don't think he recognized me, though. That's the good news. That's the, that's the good news. I'll look for a glass. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to look for my keys and run! Run like the wind. And the, just the final wrap-up on this is, here's because it was like layers of bad day, because A... This is a near near encounter with a relative. B, you get that weird panicky sensation of what if he'd seen me? Then I would have I would have. and you know that my I'm I here's the thing, and I know my mom's gonna call me anyway. My mom is gonna call me and she'll say, Who was it? And I'll say, It was so and so. She'll go, Oh, you should that's so cute. You should have stayed and had lunch with him. And I'm like, you know, and there's just no convincing your mom that you don't want to do that. That's, that's you're never gonna cut any ice with your mom that way. And so then you know, and then I don't I, I'm out like like $9 or whatever it was I paid for lunch, except for like the one item that I was able to grab off the plate as I was running to my car in the park. And my hands, co- and as you pointed out, I'm covered in grease. I'm sitting <laughs> in the car. And not only covered in grease, but dirty sock in grease. I'm having to wipe my hand off with a sock. Uh, and I'm, which is, Tim is being revolted by this, but I'm sitting what? in the, what is the sock <laughs> Did you hear him car? say that he had to wipe off the grease with Well, the because sock? I didn't, look, because I was paid. Was it dirty? I paid, as Chris Vox, Rock's father would say, that's, that's $9 answer. with a lunch. Is that like the uh, emergency sock in case something goes wrong with the sock that no, you have on? No, the emergency sock is for something else. Oh, the, um, oh, <laughs> and people are Seriously? Hey, you with me, Greg? eating breakfast. That's right. Okay. Um. So I'm running out to the car. Um, it's because I had a meeting yesterday, and I had taken an alternate pair of shoes with me because I didn't know what I was going to wear. You know, I told you about that, Sarah. I had a meeting, and I didn't know which shoes, so I had two pairs of socks. Um, so I run into the car. I've got the car keys in one hand, the food in the other hand, and then I realize there's grease everywhere. So then I have to wipe off the grease. Fortunately, a sock on the floor. <laughs> Wiping the grease off my hand. So then I paid $9 for lunch. And so I've been thwarted from you know having a full meal at this restaurant that I love, and then and then I'm actually still hungry, and then I just drove back to Portland, was just angry the whole way, just angry the entire way home. And do you ever do something where like you get into a certain mood and your your appetite vanishes? Well, like some people, like if they get um, I don't know, like if like if they get uh, uh you know if they're frightened they lose their appetite, or if they're nervous they lose their appetite, or if you see something unsettling or gross you lose your appetite. If I get angry or if I get just like irritated, that's when my appetite vanishes. If I get pissed off. Mm. Anyway, so then, uh, you know, and then this is all true. At the news desk, here's uh, your personal savior, Tim Riley, who will uh, try to do stories for us. In the news with Tim Riley. Hello, Tim. Everyone. Well, hello. So has that greasy sock been replaced by a clean one? The yes. next time you need a sock? <laughs> yes, I'm going to carry a spare pair of socks with me for where I go. All right, we can move on now. September 13, good morning. It's uh, going to be rainy after 11 o'clock this morning, so do be prepared for that, and it's going to be rainy all weekend. A fatal wreck earlier this morning has prompted authorities to close down a stretch of South Redland Road in Oregon City. It was a head-on near 14001 South Redland Road between South Livesay Road and South Holly Road. Might be closed for another hour or so. Okay, this is creepy. Just a warning ahead of time. The woman accused of murdering that lady who was pregnant was also part of a... Online Moms Group. She belonged to Sassy Single Moms, a group of social networkers, and uh, they're part of Meetup. The woman who runs Sassy Single Moms, named Diane Cabrera, says accused killer Karina Roberts joined the group two weeks ago under the name Tarina Shubin 
and was attempting to contact other moms in this group. Oh, that's so creepy. Uh. Cabrera states that Roberts was also uh, also a member of uh, Pages that she claimed to be uh, part of the Expecting Mother group. After Roberts was arrested, Cabrera reported the information she had to authorities. So that's even weirder. Ugh. All right. Well, let's let's do this. Uh, I, but I, I have something I much was, better. I was going to say, let's do one that's not that, and then we'll get caught up uh, uh, with uh, news on the other side of this. So I think my family business has pushed us drastically over time. This will here. make you smile. Uh, an employee of a, uh, I believe it's a Best Western in Arkansas, caused more than $50,000 in damage after she fell for a scam phone call. This employer named Christina... I uh, was working the front desk at the hotel when she received a phone call at approximately 6 o'clock in the morning. The caller identified himself as an employee of Grenell Fire Sprinkler Service. The man on the phone advised her that there was a problem with the fire, extingu- uh, fire sprinklers and she needed to pull the fire alarm right away to reset them. Huh. So she pulls the fire alarm, causing the audible alarm. The caller <laughs> then advised her to uh, push the alarm level back up. She was unable to do so. The caller told her, unable to keep the sprinklers from coming on and causing serious damage to the hotel, she had to break all the exterior windows. <laughs> so at this point, a customer named Rusty comes into the lobby to assist her in breaking the windows. <laughs> the caller then proceeds to say that all the exterior windows had to be broken in order to reset the alarms and to keep the sprinklers from activating. So they broke all the lobby windows with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> While breaking the lobby windows, the caller advised the guy... Uh, the color advised the desk clerk that she must break a portion of one of the sprinkler heads in order to keep it from activating. That's fantastic. Of course, she breaks the sprinkler heads, <laughs> causing a large amount of water to flow all over the place. After breaking several windows and realizing that the alarm was not deactivated, <laughs> she asked the guy. There's something the amiss here. She asked the guy in the phone what to do. He then tells her, "Shut off all the electricity in the hotel." <laughs> Who says you can't have fun with a quarter? <laughs> so then she found another employee to help gain access to the main electrical room and shut off all the power. <laughs> Imagine being, being, uh, being a resident of the hotel. So they evacuated everyone from the hotel. Fire department arrives after arriving at the scene and determining that the hotel was safe, the guests are allowed to go back in. In the meantime, she's caused fifty thousand dollars worth of damage. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. And by the way, this was a Holiday Inn Express. In case anyone's, uh, there, all the broken windows, extensive water damage, the carpets are ruined, the electric system is down. Well done. The cleaning costs and repair costs expected to total at least fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Smash all the windows. <laughs> Uh, you're right, Tim. That did make me break, feel better. Break all the sprinklers uh, so the place won't be flooded. And turn off all the power, please. Done and done. That is the sound of smiling. Here's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. Yeah, your fathers, the Foo Fighters. Broadcasting in ADHD. I've written a letter to Daddy. Gay hole. Yeah. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Instant karma right there. I was continuing to malign uh, not only my family, but the, the restaurant at which I had the unfortunate relative encounter yesterday, and I smacked myself in the face with the headphones. Well done, Rick Emerson. No, thank you. No, thank you. 
We're live in Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, CNN Radio correspondent and man of the world, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning. How's uh, how's life? How are things? Life's great since I saw that that mug shot of uh, Phil Spector. Oh, dude! Oh, it's posted on my website. How awesome is that? Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, I had. Uh, I- Here's the great thing about uh, our audience, apart from everything. It really is the best audience ever because not only did they send us all that stuff, they're like a news aggregation service, but they also, the audience has a pretty keen sense of, of you know, of, of, of what we're all into because I started getting emails, I don't know, maybe an hour or so after that mugshot was released. The emails changed from, hey, check out Phil Spector's mugshot to, I know I'm the millionth person to send you this, but... And then they would send me the photo again, so I, everybody made sure that I saw it. That we all knew intellectually, like logically, that that was a wig he was wearing, even when it was like the crazy Amadeus hair or whatever. Um, but just to see him without the, the without the the rug on his head is just uh, it's very unnerving. Yeah, but you know what? It uh, erases all imagination. I mean, <laughs> we now know what that what that dome looks like. But I mean, the, my thing is, so you be, I mean, everybody remembers when he was at the trial a couple years ago, and he had that the, the weird nutty Beethoven hair going on. So at the time, we were wondering what is up with that. Like, is that a wig? Is it, it like how did that thing even stay attached to his head? I mean, it was huge. Well, you know the, that, that spirit gum stuff. I guess I don't know. All I know is there was one court appearance where he was coming into court and we were coming up that ramp in the back of the superior court and we were all crowded around him he's coming up and the, and you could see the front of it it was raised up a little bit where you could stick your finger up in there and i, I wish i was close enough i would have just loved this stuck my finger right up underneath that mat where the where the seam is and just right onto the floor right onto the uh, oh i'm sorry mr spetter you've dropped the top of your head let me pick this back up my finger on your forehead like that sir uh, well, there's a lot going on, but the, the big thing, uh, sort of tech-wise, so there's this the, the digital switch thing, which uh, they say that, you know, one in four Americans will be affected by the digital switch, and, you know, that actually is true because of the four people working here on the show, Sarah actually only has, like, the rabbit ear uh, television. She doesn't have cable. So just w- once and for all, what what is, what is happening and, and who needs to care about this? Everybody needs to care about it because even your cable companies, my cable company's done this too, where they'll say we're going to run a test right now, or TV stations would say we're going to run a test, and if you if you if you don't get the next thirty seconds, then you know you're going to be in trouble. Well, I have cable, but these stations would run these tests, my TV would go blank. So I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen tomorrow morning too when I wake up because at midnight they're pulling the plug. The acting chairman of the FCC, Michael Cops, is in Los Angeles because this is supposed to be some transition hotspot. And he says if you drive down a street and there's 100 homes, five of them aren't ready. And most of them are going to be the poor and the elderly, except for Sarah. <laughs> She's just poor. Oh, no, I'm the former. <laughs> <laughs> the Well, okay, so I got uh, two now, questions. You have to have this digital converter. They're about anywhere between 40 and 60 bucks. You can get uh, a coupon from the government. That's one reason why they... They moved the deadline four months because they ran out of those coupons, and now you can get one. And so the FCC is here in force talking to old folks' homes and in uh, civic centers or or community centers around L.A., trying to get people all hooked up, if you will, so that they can, you know, get television tomorrow. This is like some sort of entertainment Y2K. You know, we're all sort of looking at the clock at midnight and waiting for something just to, you know, everything just to explode or whatever. Yeah, except this 
one's real. And, and then it's not going to happen all at once. I mean, midnight is the day. And, and cops were saying yesterday that, you know what, in hindsight, we should have rolled this out over several-month period across the country like other countries have done instead of pulling the plug all on the same day. But every station is not switching at the same time. It's going to roll, you know, one, one station at 5 o'clock in the morning, the next station at noon, some one at midnight maybe, another one at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All right. So it's, it's going to happen throughout the day. You may be watching your rerun of Frasier, and all of a sudden, boom, TV goes well, here's Okay, here's a dumb question. Maybe, I mean, I ought to know this, I suppose, working in broadcasting. Why are they doing this? Oh, it's going to free up the analog channels for public service, police, fire. I mean, we're, we're running out of bandwidth. And so they want to free up all the analog channels for uh, public uh, public service, uh, those kind of folks, emergency responders and that kind of thing, and then leave the digital channels because you can put a whole lot of stuff on a very narrow digital band. So they, they want to give all the communications people the digital stuff and, and all the folks who need it for emergencies uh. and, and other folks uh, all the analog channels. It's going to free up a lot. It's going to be a good thing. It really is. Um, but... You know, it's still, it's an inconvenience for many people. Well, as, as long as it somehow benefits the burgeoning world of HD radio, uh, Jim, that's uh, that's all I care about. Yeah. As long as uh, as long as I will be able to receive, what is it, Tim? As long as I'll be able to receive uh, secret uh, channels that no one else can hear on my Microsoft Zoom or whatever yes, that is. Something no. like that. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, tell me about the uh, the medical marijuana uh, thing, because that is, that's one of those deals that we have sort of conflicting laws about here as well, where it's like you can kind of, you have it, but you can't buy it or you can grow it, but you can't give it to anybody else or whatever. But you guys are, you're really at the, uh, you're at the forefront of, uh, of marijuana legality and technology. Yeah, well, there's, there's a strange loophole, and how it actually happens, I'm not really sure. And, and no one can, even, even the people who are, uh, even the attorneys for the city government can't really explain it to me. But uh, 15 years ago, 13 years ago, L.A. voters uh, passed Prop 215, which allowed for medical marijuana dispensaries. Five years ago, though, uh, one of the city councilmen says, you know what, if we don't get a hold of this now, it's going to, it's going to explode. And so when people in the medical marijuana world, or the mar- marijuana world, period, got wind of this, uh, there was this proliferation of people trying to get licenses or trying to open up dispensaries. And right now, there's over 500 dispensaries in Los Angeles. And some of them are under the guise of tobacco shops or T-shirt shops, so you really can't find all of them. But then there are some legitimate ones. Because of this loophole, you had to have all kinds of licenses and permits and all this other kind of stuff. But there was this, the, and the city attorney put this in, this hardship exemption. Where all you really needed was a reason. <laughs> That's it. You didn't need any paperwork. Just, well, we need to open one up because uh, there's somebody sick on my street. Excellent. Okay, very good. Here, open up. Okay. So now they're trying to, to close that loophole and change the ordinances and get rid of all these things. Now they're denying um, licenses or denying people to be able to open up these dispensaries. And just yesterday alone, they denied 14 applications. So people are still trying to put in applications to open up these dispensaries under whatever reason they possibly can wow. before the city government actually clamps down on them. Well, it's uh, capitalism in action, my friend. There's 500. I'm thinking, where are these places? They're talking about one stretch of Atwater Village where within, within a quarter mile there are three dispensaries. Well, I can't find them. I went down to Atwater Village, and I looked all over the place. I can't find anything. But I did find some tobacco shops and T-shirt shops and a hookah pipe shop, whatever the heck that is. So I'm, I may go in those places today and say, yeah, uh, I have a prescription. Yeah, it's just that's what they say. Look for the thing that's running a sale on fabulous furry Freak Brothers comics. You'll uh, be there. Free brownies it's, with every purchase kind of thing. Exactly. All right, my friend. Have a fantastic day, sir.
Nice. No, you too. All right, there you go. That's a Jim Roof in Los Angeles. All right. Sounds like he could uh, get a prescription for something to relieve a little bit of that uh, tension he's got going on over there. All right, it's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, news with Tim Riley. This, however, is Led Zeppelin. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO, live from Portland, Oregon. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you to kill him. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Well, all right. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. In mere moments, we have Tim Riley at the news desk. But speaking of that, hey, Tim Riley. Hey, Sarah Dillon. Yes. Hello. Uh, you all to go to uh, rickemerson.com right now. And uh, look at the new blog posting. It's at uh, rickemerson.com. And it is the photograph of Brett Michaels after having that thing hit him in the face at the uh, Tony Awards. It's, it's fantastic. It's really? You've seen it? Yeah, it's not gross, but I mean, it's a bad. I mean, it's not pleasant, but it's like the. I'd say it's the worst photo ever oh. taken of him. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I would think well, it would at least be worse. He has good teeth. He does well, have good teeth. And he has that bandana still firmly affixed, so good for him. I mean, I you're right, I would think it would be worse as well. And I Did he break his nose or anything? They claim no. They say specifically he did not break his nose, which I mean, who know? I, I I it seems like he probably didn't because they it, it, he would look a lot worse and they wouldn't be so willing to put out a photograph if the injury was a lot, you know, was that bad. Well, who knows what he's hiding under that bandana? Well, it's strange though that his teeth are intact. He's pretty lucky. I would think that that thing would just take out your whole face. Maybe they're removable. <laughs> It's quite possible. He does have amazing teeth. He really they're does. No, and he has, you know, and his teeth. Here's the thing about his teeth. They, they, I mean, they're good. They're even. They're white, and they, you know, they has that like they're really. They're he, good teeth. Well, yeah. I mean, they're very. I mean, you can tell he takes good care of them, and they're the right size. Like he doesn't have those big Johnny Resnick uh, chiclet teeth mm-hmm. going on. That's that's no good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Ryan. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, 744. We're going to expect some rain after 11 o'clock this morning. It'll be a wet weekend, too. At least one person is dead in a head-on crash at Oregon City at Redland Road. This happened around 519 this morning. Uh, and it happened between Livesay and Holly Road. We have no names as of yet. A 13-year-old is dead after collapsing while running on a Vancouver racetrack. Well, all the kids ran on for a gym class. This is at uh, Vancouver's Wyatt Middle School. He was running during gym. Quinn Driscoll was uh, dead at the scene. He was taken to the hospital, though. He played three sports. The cause of death not yet determined. National news that uh, Holocaust shooter still alive, 88 years old, a real nutcase. Uh, Shepard Smith went on talking about uh, some of the nutty things that he's heard from some of his viewers. Like it's surprising that, well, people of his ilk are watching Fox. I read a lot of email around here, and the email to me has become more and more frightening. It's not a new thing. It's been happening over the past few months. It's been happening, you know, to some degree since the election process went along. I mean, we had a woman, we had a black man, we have, you know, we had a lot going on. And there are people now who are way out there on a limb, and I think they're just way out there on a limb with the email they send us. Because I. Well, they are Fox viewers. I was gonna say, is, is this catching him by surprise? Yeah. He's just become privy to the fact that his viewers might be uh, unhinged lunatics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time for a taser watch. Oh, this is, speaking of unhinged lunatics, this is awesome. Here's your taser watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. You got me running, going out of my mind. I can't do it, you got me 
No, it never gets old. Here's Tim Riley with your Taser Watch for Thursday. So this happened in Texas. You probably saw the video by now about the 72-year-old woman tasered during a traffic stop. And uh, let's see, the constable there said the officer acted properly in a dangerous situation. Deputy Constable Christopher Belize used a taser on Catherine Wilkbine after she arrested, uh, well, she resisted arrest after being pulled over for speeding. She was driving over in Texas 71 in western Travis County when she was pulled over. He was going to take her to jail. Uh, Belize uh, told her she was going to be arrested for refusing to promise to appear by signing the top of her citation. At that point, the woman got out of the truck and began to yell profanities at the police officer. Well, you know, this went on, and finally she did get tasered. She was belligerent. So we have the boss of the Texas cop who tased this 72-year-old woman, saying he'd do the same thing if it was his own mother. My mother's 77. If she conducted herself in such a manner, mom, you don't argue with the police. You just don't. Mama, I'm going to have oh to tase you. Oh, my God. with a ball bat and my hair is all bloody. <laughs> awesome. Have you seen the video? Yeah. No. Oh, it's so deeply satisfying. Because here's the thing. I did the same thing everybody else did. You read she, the headline. She's a poor old woman. Actually, she's a feisty woman. Because you think about, like, your grandmother or you think about, uh, like, you you have in your head an image of a sort of, uh, you know, of a kindly older woman. Uh, and you think, oh, my God, I this can't believe. This is not that woman. Right, no, no, you think, I can't believe he tased a grandmother. You know, this is a cop abusing his, you th- this is exactly what I thought. And then you watch the video, and you you have, rarely have you seen somebody so richly deserving of a tasering. I mean, it's so, by the, it's seven minutes he gives her to comply. The seven, I, there's a full, because uh, it's a dashboard camera. And the, here's the great thing about this story. So the story comes out that he, that the cop has tased the 72-year-old woman twice, by the way. Yes. That's how smart she is. It took two. So the woman, the grandmother in question, the great-grandmother in question, a sainted woman, she went on television. Well, she went on the news, and she was swearing up and down. Like a sailor. No, no, no. But I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying like is. Like promising? Yeah, she was, she was, uh, her, she gave her side of the story in the news, and she was staying up and down that she had never become belligerent, that she hadn't been argumentative, that she hadn't been profane. And here it is on tape. And she had this, like, affidavit. She's like, at no time was I ever belligerent or argumentative. At no, that is a lie. The officer has committed, a, you know, he is telling a lie by saying that I am belligerent. And so the police department, who had exercised a considerable restraint at this point, released the full dashboard video where it shows that she's just just a just a crotchety. Just, I mean, you seven minutes from the time he pulls her over to the time he tases her, he, he's like for more or less the entire seven minutes, he is trying to get her to first sign the ticket, which isn't admitting guilt. Uh, you know, just like it is in Oregon, it's not admitting guilt. You're just signing the ticket, and by signing the ticket, you are confirming that the officer has. Um, accused you of speeding and you promised to go to court. And it's actually, which is for you, so that you can, and the reason they do that is so a cop can't just sit by the side of the road and write down license numbers as they go by and then mail you a ticket for not appearing. It's the, there is a record between you and the cop that he did pull you over. So you really do want to sign that. All you're doing is agreeing to go to court where you can still get it dismissed. You're not saying you're guilty. So he tries to get her to sign it and she won't, and she gets all profane. And then she gets out, and she starts yelling at the cop by the side of the road, using all this profanity. He tells her to get back in the vehicle. She won't. At one point, she starts walking toward him and kind of, like, muscling him into the road. So he has to push her back so they really? don't so they don't get into the road. Then she swears again, and he starts telling her to sit down. And he says, look, if you don't knock it off, I'm going to have to tase you. Like, you can't just—and he just tells—and I think he warns her 
I think, I don't know, probably four or five times. He's like, I'm going to, you have to stop this. Quit being profane. Stop moving around. Just sign this or I'm going to arrest you. And so it finally escalates to the point where she actually says on video, she says, I dare you to tase me. And it's like, if I was the cop, that would have been like, okay, like game on. But he gives her several more chances. He's like, sit down, quit resisting, quit being profane. Please sit down because now I have to arrest you because you won't sign the thing. And like, I can't let you just drive off without signing it. And so she says again, I dare you to tase me. And that's, and and, and like, bam, right there, right? Because she gets up to walk away. He just tases her right in the back, which is awesome. Uh, Does she fall down? Oh, yeah. No, she, oh, oh yeah, she, she hella falls down. Uh, she falls down, and then she starts screaming. And then once she's done, he says, all right, please put your hands behind your back. And she won't. And then she says something again. She makes some other crack about tasing. And he's like, all right, tases her a second time. And at that point, uh, all the sass seemed to be uh, electrified out of her. And so once the police department released this video, strangely enough, she quit going on the news and claiming that she'd never been argumentative. Uh, once it showed her, like, shrieking profanity for seven minutes. Yeah, she is not like your grandmother. Uh, she's a woman who clearly should have been tasered repeatedly at an earlier point in her life. So uh, there you go. Remember, they don't tase them when you're young. We're going to have to tase them when they're old. There's your taser watch for Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, when we return, what stories will we have for the good people of Portland? Danny DeVito shows up seemingly drunk for a Philadelphia TV interview. We'll tell you about how to cook crow also next hour. All right. Oh, we got we got to do uh, talk about the um, Shia LaBeouf thing. Oh, and more on Miss California's firing. We didn't get to that this time around. All right. Don't forget, you can always text us. It's 52051. Or you can call 503-228-4101. Also, Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week will be joining us here in just a few. Ladies and gentlemen, it is one of the greatest songs ever made. It's Mr. Brownstone, Guns N' Roses. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, live from Portland, Oregon. KUFO Portland! This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Curiouser and curiouser. I'm downright disturbed right now. So we weren't able to get the uh, the full audio of the dash cam of the woman being tased. For some reason, the internet is uh, it's slowed to a crawl. But I'm going to try to find and then isolate the part where she quotes... I guess I'm using the quote earlier, but where she says, I dare you to tase... And twice, she actually says, in the space of like 10 seconds, she dares the cop to tase her. Why would you ever do that? I mean, what? Why would it ever occur to you, uh, even in, in some sort of side of the road, agitated, excited, adult state of mind, to dare a cop who clearly wants to tase you? Why? Because he has a taser that he probably doesn't get to use all that often. He gets tasing's fun. Serious, and I mean, and it is fun. It's fun. Look, it's just fun to watch it. I can't imagine how fun it was to do it. And for the most part, well, deserving. I I would say that ninety percent of the people that we've uh, talked about taserings up on the show, they've had it coming. I mean, they, and really, and just probably a beating and a bone breaking after that. But they're lucky they only get the tasing. So, excellent. Hello, Tim Riley. What stories are we following for the people of Oregon? One person is dead in a head-on car crash at Oregon City. You can expect some traffic tie-ups around Ritalin Road. And it looks like businesses and the rich won't be taxed in Oregon like they wanted to. 
And blind kids are now on their own. They've closed down the blind school. Sounds like something at a little house on the prairie. Actually, it probably, no, it burned down That's the little house No, the they prairie. burn it down and then everybody gets smallpox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not somebody laughing was, at smallpox. Somebody's playing with matches in the basement. When you see the blind kids left on their own, I'm just sort of picturing a van stopping by the side of the road and just like a poof, just out and then just sort of wandering around, uh, sort of uh, just blinking into the uh, noonday heat, trying to figure out uh, which direction they're pointing. All right. Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week is here. Hello. How are you today? Hey, nice to be back. Yeah, I can say that. We have, you, a, uh, we have a blind listener who emailed too. earlier. I can uh, I can make that joke. You can make that joke? Yes. The, uh, are some of your best friends blind? Uh, No. He knows a blind person. He has met one. No, once. no, no. I uh, yes. and it went well. The so um, just take these things uh, one at a time. So you are going to be gone for what uh, six weeks, seven weeks, uh, five weeks. I am going to be gone. You're going to Thailand. I'm going to Thailand and a little bit of China and a little bit of Vietnam. Now, how close to David Carradine's death hotel are you going to be? I'm uh, I'm hoping. I still don't know the name of the hotel. I might be in that hotel. Really? Yes. But I mean, but you're. But you're just saying because you don't know which hotel it is, hope remains that you might be. Well, I get to stay at a fancy hotel in Bangkok for one night because we got a really good deal. The rest of the time we're staying in, you know, Did they give you a so special nice discount on the room? It was, yeah, it was a special <laughs> carotene discount. Did, so. they, did they tell you that you it was a... You have to find yeah. it. You have to find it, Kelly. I will find it and I will take... Do we know the name of the hotel? Oh, I'm sure we could find it easily. Yeah. Let's, right. We'll make sure you're prepared with all the info so that you can take pictures. Thank you. Or just to get, like, if you want to pull, like, maybe, uh, like, a swatch of the carpet or something up for us. Oh, sure. Something. Put it next to my... Something uh, like that. Put it next I to know that. you're into that stuff. Well, I put it next to my piece of Sharon Tate's fireplace. <laughs> which, uh, which by the way, and if, if my wife is listening, Lara, I don't think I haven't noticed that that uh, Sharon Tate fireplace tile has uh, been moved and then it's in a drawer somewhere. I, it's, uh, we were re- painting a, a wall and that got put away. I think she was afraid that it was uh, off-putting to guests who would come over, and they would, uh, you know, and then they then they'd ask what, what it was. Give her that idea, yeah. Well, but it's like, and then and then she, she either has to tell them what it is, or she has to come up with some alternate story for why there's a tile hanging on the wall of the office. Yeah. So. We have a baby pig fetus in a jar in our living room, and that sometimes weirds people out. That is fantastic. Yeah. Wait, did you tell me that you had uh, like a uh, uh, not a pig fetus, but a uh, what is it like a like a like a pig skull or something on your dining room table? Oh, yeah. Well, we have a pig skull, and then we have, like, a cow, like, vertebrae, spine. We have all sorts of stuff. I don't know. I What's with my... you and animal bones? I don't <laughs> do know. It's with, like bones. Do you live with Leatherface? Like <laughs> yes, my husband, Leatherface. You can meet him someday. Why do you have uh, I mean, not that it's not cool, because like it is. bones. But... No, I really, I don't like taxidermy animals or anything, but both of us really like bones. They're beautiful. Excellent. So... Yeah, good for you. And I gave him a pig's head for our anniversary last year. Oh, that is which, is that, uh, is that right between paper and, uh, like, brass? And silk, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's how you really say you love someone. Okay. It's uh, 503-228-4101. And so we have a, a special discussion that we're going to uh, have here in just a, a short while because you're, you're going to be gone for five weeks. And so you're going to be <laughs> – now, is you, are you going to uh, – so you're going to a little bit of Vietnam and Thailand and where else? Uh, China. We fly into Hong Kong, and then we're going to Weilin, uh just a little bit of the agricultural area a little bit. See, and I don't know where anything is. I'm, uh, as an American, it's all sort of like there's where I live, and then there's like where the, the wild things the are. Yeah. <laughs> there's just sort of like this outlying <laughs> thicket of uh, other. So I, I have no idea relative locations or distances or how close anything is to anything else. So is that going to – I mean, is it like a, a long way to go from like China to uh, uh, to Vietnam? Uh, not the part of China we're in. China is huge. I mean, it's massive. It's massive. We are only going to a tiny little, little corner of southeast China. And so it's not that far. It's it's it's, it's a day's – it's an overnight uh, train ride from where we're going to be in China to Hanoi All right, in Vietnam. So, no, the distances aren't that far, but – uh, with borders and visas and all that kind of good stuff, it, it takes it takes a fair amount of time to make sure you get where you're going. Well, yeah, especially if you're going to uh, China. With how does that work with uh, 
with like your passport or whatever? Is it like a special? Um, you have to apply for a Chinese visa. But I mean, you have to apply a month in a, a lot of. Is it like a lot of hoops to jump through? Like when you get there, do they do some weird, uh, you know, like really detailed, like uh, like rummaging through all your stuff Cavity and like search? looking at your teeth? And uh, I don't know, but thanks for making me think about that now. Wow. Well, I'm just well. Uh, now I'm, just, I'm scared. I'm just saying. Uh, no, I think we did most of what we needed to do. You have to get visas for different companies. You have to carry money for uh, to for bribery. Uh, I'm just going to use my body. I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm Are you curious. bringing your money belt? Ooh, no, I don't have a money belt. You have I'm, to get a money belt. You have to, no, well, you got to get little, a money belt. I have like a really dorky travel purse that zips up that I'm going to put underneath my clothes that makes me look like I have weird shaped boobs. So it'll be awesome. Hmm. Well, in any I event. I love the thing that shuts him up. It's like there's so many other weird things. Well, then because then I was trying to. always shut him up. I know. He gets so freaked out. I was trying it. to conflate that with, this, you know, the whole thing about waking up and then one of your kidneys have been stolen. And I was thinking like. Oh, uh, I only need one. That if you. Fine. <laughs> Just thinking if you look like you had a third boob, then they might figure you a prime <laughs> candidate for boob theft. Boob theft. Um, when Lara went to Bolivia last year, uh-huh. it was uh, they told her, uh, her some friends who had gone through that uh, part of the country uh, or through that part of the world, they said that when you go to Bolivia, though, it's just a known fact that as part of the uh, getting into and out of the country, that you just have to you have to bribe people. And so she actually had set aside, and they told they look, they said like they'll ask for this much. You offer this much, and you will settle in the middle at this much. And she said, "Well, what if I don't bribe?" And they said, "Well, if you don't bribe them, like you'll still get into Bolivia, and you'll still and I, there's something you have to do on the way out as well." And she said, "You'll still get in and out, but it's going to take like three days as opposed to the two hours that it normally takes." And so she went in, and it, 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 and it went down just like the guy predicted it would. Where she's like, "Hey, I'm coming into Bolivia," and the guy's like. Okay, that'll be three days, unless you want to give me whatever, you know, five hundred dollars. And she goes, "How about ten? And he said. 72, and she went, okay, 72, and it was, yeah. like, done. I have heard about that, but um, it's not as prevalent where we're going. I mean, we're, to be honest, I mean, uh, we're going to more heavily populated places. It's kind of on a tourist trail. So, I mean, we're going to Thailand, which is basically adult Disneyland. Are you going to so, pose in front of a tank? Be honest. Yes, too, uh, if I can find them. <laughs> awesome. Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette <laughs> Week. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Offspring. <laughs> The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from Portland, Oregon on Rock 101 KUFO and heard globally. It's uh, 503 228 Two two eight four one zero one. In mere moments, we'll talk to Kelly Clark from Willamette Week about uh, fried pies. Uh, fried pies. That's right. Pies. Fried uh, fried pie pocket uh, things. Uh, that's coming <laughs> up uh, as uh, well as a copy of the Shield season seven on DVD. We'll be giving uh, that away as well. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran of GeekInTheCity.com and something else. Don't we have another guest tomorrow? Or am I am I making that up in my head? Am I hallucinating? I think, I think we'd spoken about one, but I can't remember. I think Greg is trying to get a, a guest who can speak about autoerotic asphyxiation. And I'll try and get a hold of my dominatrix friend again. Yes, please do that. Okay. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 820. We have a chance to rain after 11 o'clock this morning and a soaking wet weekend. Some guys riding around Salem grabbing women's posteriors, laughing and quickly pedaling away. Three incidents reported so far. He's riding a smaller bike, carrying a backpack, unshaven, wearing a baseball cap. 
Looks like businesses and the rich won't be taxed like they wanted them to. A bill to increase taxes by $733 million over the next two years from these two groups has been defeated in the Oregon Senate. They wanted to increase minimum taxes paid by two-thirds of businesses and households with earnings of more than $250,000. Hey, speaking of guys riding around on bicycles, am I the only one who desires to see those idiots on the tall bikes, like, really underestimate the height of some other object and then just clip themselves as they go underneath? They just make me nervous because I'm afraid they're going to wobble when they get to an end. But see, they make me nervous because I'm... childlike wonder, Rick? It makes me nervous because I'm afraid they won't. I'm always hoping (laughs) to be there as the bike tips over into traffic. That's the thing I'm waiting for. I was driving, it was on uh, 39th, yes, 39th and about, uh, I don't know, like Clinton or so, and there's a guy riding one of them, and for just a moment, it was like the gust of wind kind of hit him right, and the bicycle kind of went, and it just, it leaned just a little bit, and I was thinking, all right, this is it, this is the moment for which I have longed, and then he was able to get control of it, and he did not fall into traffic, and I was poorer for it. Here's Tim Riley. Miss California gets fired by Donald Trump. TMZ's Harvey Levin says Miss Prejean was a no-show at events way too often. She was extremely difficult, according to people we've spoken with inside the pageant, and Donald Trump. She was not making appearances. Trump told me around 30 appearances. She was no. She was a no-show, uh, even though the pageant had told her she had to show up. How could it be 30? Didn't she just get the crown, like, last week? I guess so. All right. Well, whatever. Danny DeVito shows up at a Philadelphia TV interview, allegedly drunk. Remember we had the tummy off? Yeah, yeah. You were the, drunk on the lemon. Yeah, channel, I remember. So you might not remember. I remember you had the belly, and I was thinking about what that would look like when that kid was born. And uh, she's cute. Is she cute? Was she cute coming out? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, of course. You get the picture of the legs and the head coming out. That's like, enough of that. That's enough of that. Now, you guys are here in the Overbrook section. You know I love you, right? Yeah, I love you. I had to wear my extra high shoes because you're the only man oh, really? I can look down to. Well, that's good. At three but you feet wore tall. That short skirt, I sure did, Danny. Okay, here's the thing. Easy access. Who is the girl? That is awesome. Who is that? Some local TV interviewer from Philadelphia. That's great. She handled it well. Well, you know, the thing with Danny DeVito is, it's like you can't. I mean, you sort of have to. You kind of have to just go along because he's. I mean, whoever thought that the short guy from Taxi was going to grow up to become a power broker. Uh, in Hollywood, that's and it was just, it was the view that he was on last time that he was drunk, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was yeah. on it was a couple years ago, and he yeah, went on. He was two so, years ago, and he he did that thing of blaming it on I think a, a mixture of antibiotics or or vitamins or something. He he was on some weird new treatment, and he said he'd had like a single he'd had like a uh, um, he'd had like a mimosa or something that morning. And I had that too. He'd he'd had many many really. Danny has yeah. been out partying all night with. Tell them I'm so jealous. George, George Clooney. Clooney. I knew it was the last seven lemoncellos that was going to get me. Yes, exactly. Have you been to sleep yet? Uh, mm-hmm. Not really. Don't, don't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wait a while. Wait a couple of minutes. Is it true that you've been to the White House so you can go? Oh, yeah, I have been to the White House. I was going to the White House. Elizabeth, oh, the White House. coming? Oh, oh you're going to the White House? Maybe. I don't know if they'll want me to go, Danny. You know. <laughs> hmm. uh, we'll see. You know, these back entrances. Yeah, that's the way to get in. Is that how you got in? Disguise. You know what I mean? Well, he's got to prepare himself for the fact that when he gets home, Rhea Perlman's going to be lounging around in a house dress. So, Well, here's something for all you gals. A Lithuanian lady recommends cooking crow meat to increase the sexual potency of all the men in your life. This is a great dish. Crow meat is very tasty and good for men because it increases sexual potency. Try it and you'll see. 
This Lithuanian man is about to go crow hunting. We are hunting young crows because we need them for our feast, which is a century-old tradition. I support this tradition and will keep doing it. The birds are not bad. They do good, but they also do harm. Their number can only be regulated by hunting. Then bring them home to the ladies to cook. We boil it for about an hour because it's game meat and it's tough. Usually a chicken is boiled for 15 to 20 minutes, but this is a wild bird. I don't know why those are so hilarious, but they are. They are. That's the Boil definition it. of inexplicably amusing. We boil it for six hours with fire. See, you remembered. All new collection so you have of to have six hour long boiled crow. Yes. How well, did you... hour long boiled crow? Hour. Okay. This could be a series of uh, there's a new series dressing. of bones for you and your husband to collect. I know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so uh, would you, let me ask you this: back on the business of you and your husband's bone collection, you <laughs> this when you got the what did you say you got him last year for your anniversary? Oh, it was a pig head. Was Our it, friend I'm, is a butcher, and he thought it was funny. He's like, "Hey, oh, so it wasn't like had the uh, skin on it still." So yeah. it wasn't like, it was like like mummified or petrified oh, no, or something. No, 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 no. And this all started. Also, we have a friend whose family has a cattle ranch, and so he's like, "Hey, my my husband was like, hey, can you bring me back a cow school sometime? I'd like to put it in the garden, you know, something funny." And then she just started bringing us bones, and they're pretty. So so we decorate uh, with them. When you got the pig head, now is this a, like was this for uh, for eating? I mean, theoretically speaking. Theoretically, he's like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Nobody wants it. Do you want a frozen pig head? And I was like, oh, our anniversary is this weekend. I should totally set it up with candles and put it on the table because it'd be funny. And it was. <laughs> and then he tried to boil it. My husband tried to boil it because he didn't know how to cook it. And you oh, have never oh, lived until you've oh. had the smell of boiling pig head in your in your house. It's pretty. I guess I haven't lived. <laughs> pretty nope. much as what I hope Southeast Asia doesn't smell like. Uh, but that's just Southeast Portland. <laughs> <laughs> boiling pig head. Boiling big yeah. pig head. The yeah. ears turned out good. He roasted it afterwards. Oh, God, did you eat them? No, I couldn't eat any of it, but the ears, because you know how they give yeah, dogs pig ears as like a little treat, so we roasted it, and the pig ears worked. Our dog really loved those. The rest of it kind of just went away, except for the skull, which is now lacquered black and is in our library. It's like that sequence in um, Better Off Dead, uh, where he's <laughs> she's like, I know you don't like all the fat when I um, fry bacon, so, so I, I boiled, boiled it. it. Good God almighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next people- time I'm going to get him an aardvark coat. It's going to be awesome. People read about these uh, these culinary delights in the new Willamette Week, Kelly Clark, and if not, about what can they read? Oh, uh, we've got a full summer guide this week. We have scoured every nook and cranny of the city to find cheap and easy ways that you guys can uh, hang out if you can't go to Southeast Asia like me. So we've got a huge concert roster. We've got places to get free coffee, how to make uh, leftover fruit into booze. We got everything you could ever want, plus a huge hot dog roundup. And tell me about the fried pie thing. The fried pie thing. Uh, there's a new cart in the the late night pod that's on 12th and Hawthorne called Whiffy's Fried Pies, which uh, you would think, I mean, you're like, fried pie is okay. It's a gimmick. No, they're the best tasting okay. things ever. Okay, are they deep fried pie? Yeah, they're what's a fried, fried pie? pie? Here's the thing about this, because it's exactly what it sounds like. last Saturday, Lara and I went there. Uh, I forget, we were, we were out somewhere. and oh, like we were there too. Midnight, yeah, we're like, well, where should we go? I know, we'll go to the place. Uh, what is it? Is there a name for the conglomeration of, of late cartoon? Late night pod, late night Hawthorne pod. So we went Potato there. Potato champion pod. And I think I... I uh, I think we got we got some fries and I got like a carne asada a burrito or something which which was quite good, um, but we looked at that place mm-hmm. and I think the I forget why I, I think we were just like really in the in the mood for like a, like you know kind of a meaty uh, kind of a thing so we we didn't go there but we made a mental note to ourselves like we got to go back to whatever that place is and so this is the place you're talking about oh, now man. is it just desserts or is it no it's savory and sweet pies the savory pies are four bucks they have like uh let's barbecue pork pies oh. they had a salmon pie that i mean who wants to eat a fish pie that sounds gross but it's delicious it's it's spicy with chipotle sauce with salmon um they do barbecue tofu because they have all vegan stuff 
Um, and then all the fruit pies are vegan, which, you know, immediately I'm like, eh. But it's pie, so they make it with Crisco, so it's super good. Um, so they have a lemon pie, a blueberry pie, a strawberry, whatever happens to be good that day. They do uh, three or four sweet pies, three or four savory pies, and the fried, oh, man, you get it? It's hot. It looks basically like a pretty hot pocket. You know, it's about, it's it's a hand pie, so it's like a little half moon shape. And you get it, and it's piping hot, and it's sort of crisp when you bite into it, and then it kind of oozes out, and it's all, oh, it's it's so delicious. Don't take this the wrong way. We're going to quit having you on because... Uh, <laughs> It's just like food because, pornography uh, with you. Seriously, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, I was food porn. just yeah. going to say, it's just food porn, and I'm just sitting here going, ah, that's and My great. stomach Boy, starts rumbling. Well, I wish it was 10 o'clock. I'm sorry, guys. Apparently, I never eat vegetables, so. Uh, well, that's, you know, vegetables are really overrated. That's for, really? that's for other people. That's for other people. That's for other people. All right. Excellent. And so this is, you know, it seems strange that they haven't opened another one of those uh, food cart villages somewhere. Well, you know. This is, they were smart. I mean, and this kind of started with Potato Champion, uh, Mike McKinnon's uh, uh, Belgian freak cart. I mean, he had the idea to stay up until 3 a.m. Right. People wanted late night food, late night drunk food. So that's kind of, they all sort of congregated together. I think it'll happen other places. The other main pods are downtown. And they're open for lunch. Yeah. For downtown, people are downtown at lunch. They want a great place to eat. So don't discount that. The pod at Alder and 10th is one of the best places to get something to eat in the entire city, bar none. That's, uh, I think I got a, uh, when did I get there a while back? I don't know. I went there a few months ago and I got something that was really good. And it seems like with, there's so much, uh, you know, the people out drinking, whatever, that this city, just for the economy of nothing else, seems like the city ought to be sort of looking uh, with an eye toward opening more of those late night uh, places. They, it's, you they know. actually are. The city has worked. They did a full food cart study last year. Uh, they're t- talking about it as micro businesses that people with lower incomes or immigrants can open. So it's it's something that is booming. And it really is. Portland is actually, I mean, it's a leader in the food cart scene, which seems kind of silly. But in other parts of the town, they're still talking about roach coaches. They're talking about, about like a hot dog cart on the side of the street. And our I mean, it's basically a restaurant scene. It's a mobile right. restaurant scene. It's great. Excellent. Eat well, the fried pies. On that note, I, I will share with you this uh, one final uh, observation. Aaron Geek in the City Duran says, hey, you're really missing out if you haven't had a pig ear sandwich. So there you go. Take that thought with you as you go to Asia. Oh, wow. So we will not see Thanks, you for a month and a half. About a month, yeah. Right. You won't see me till late July. All right. Well, uh, we yeah. are going to be poorer for it. I know. I'll and come back with some bones. Practice Maybe some, uh, some crow. Are you going to bring us some you? trinkets? I may bring you some trinkets. Okay. Okay. And practice if this phrase in uh, in many languages. I am not resisting. <laughs> I'll right. do my best. There you go. I support our glorious leader. Learn to say that. Maybe just carry it on a card. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, reader and printer in the Willamette Week, or online at wweek.com. When we come back, we'll have a recap of today's utterly disturbing story about Shia LaBeouf and his mother. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> This is The Rick Emerson Show. Not only is a killer, he was trolling for homosexuality online. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. Oh, you are an awful person. I can't unsee it. Goggles. They do nothing. No eye bleach strong enough. Oh, man. I'm sorry. We were just... uh... (laughs) Thinking about something else. Totally yes. unrelated to the show. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Hello again, 840. Expect some rain after 11 o'clock this morning, and it's going to be wet all weekend. 
Wild beasts may no longer be kept as pets in Oregon. The House has passed a bill prohibiting the keeping, uh, keeping, keeping. <laughs> Tim Riley in the keeping, the keeping of alligators, <laughs> monkeys, lions, tigers, and bears. Now, do if you it. have one before, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. You, you keep throwing it. it out there. I, I paused because I know you want to so badly. The thing is, look, I'm better than almost nothing, but aren't we better than that? It just seems unfinished without saying on, it. It depends on what day. All right, I'll tell you what. Here's okay, Greg. I'm going to revamp this contest on the fly. I was about to do the shield contest. Instead, uh, I will give our text number here. It's 52051. We're giving away a copy of The Shield Season 7 on DVD. The mind-blowing final season of The Shield starring Emmy Award winner Michael Chiklis loaded with exclusive new bonus features available on DVD now. If you are the 10th person to text uh, to 52051... The joke that Tim Riley is clearly setting us up for here, uh, which is so obvious, I don't even need to tell Greg what, what it is even. Um, you will win a copy of The Shield Season 7 on DVD. If you are the 10th person to text I'm to watching it right 52051, now. the joke that I'm being set up for with this headline. So if you have an alligator, monkey, lion, tiger, and bear, you can keep it for now <laughs> because you're going to grandfather these in, but you can't get any new ones. So if your alligator, monkey, lion, tiger, bear dies, you can't buy a new one. I wasn't laughing at the death part. And you can't breed the ones you have now. You can't breed one of what, Tim? An alligator, a monkey, a lion, a tiger, or a bear, singularly or together. There's one, two, three, four. That was quick. Awesome. (laughs) Tim Riley in the breeding. Uh, Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Uh, So let's talk about the uh, the fired uh, Miss California. Miss Pregene has been replaced by some other chick. Because they, uh, well, let's let uh, Craig Ferguson comment on that. Oops. Hang on. Let's let Craig Ferguson, who does a late night television show, <laughs> and this isn't going to work, comment on that. Not a great day for Miss California, who was fired. Oh, I know. <laughs> Pageant organizers felt that she'd best represent the state of California if she was, in fact, unemployed. <laughs> Hey. It's a terrible shame. I'm very worried. I just hope, I hope with all my heart that California can find another dumb blonde with fake boobs. I hope we have one. You know who he sounds like? His inflection. It's not just the acting. His inflection sounds a lot like that guy, that Alan Cumming guy, uh, who I think most notably he played. Um... I love Alan Cumming. He was in Circle of Friends. He was the creepy um, storekeeper. Yes. And also he won a Tony. He was the MC in the Broadway revival of Cabaret. Um, and he's the one who gets who has this sort of credit for being because the the MC used to be a very staid, very uh, wooden kind of figure. That was when Joe Gray did it, and the kind of hypersexual uh, MC that like we saw with the the one the storm did here that uh, mm-hmm. the the guy whose name I'm forgetting now oh, I feel like a jerk. Beautiful, but the, the sort of overly uh, sexual uh, MC Alan Cumming is the guy who kind of made him that way, mm-hmm. recreated the character like that. So he's uh, he is funny, and uh, Craig Ferguson sounds a lot like him. Then there's old Helen Reese of North Carolina. She had to call 911 to report her son beat her with a bat. I've been beat up by my son. I just got loose and I crawled out the window and I came over here to my neighbor's house. He's had me beat up since 6 o'clock. Beat me with a ball bat. My hair is all bloody. He's over there at my house and he's stole my money and my billfold and everything. Really, your priorities are out of whack if your concern is that, quote, your hair's all bloody. How about because your scalp is all bloody and also your body and maybe your brain? It's pretty hair. Jesus, God Almighty. And by the way, whenever... Uh, 
this is going to be my new uh, default sound whenever there are slack moments where we're waiting for a sound bite to queue up because it used to be the uh, that now it's just going to be uh, now it, it's just going to be. Oh, I hate that sound. Everybody though. does. But why? So why would you want to force that on people? Well, um, uh, well, uh, we we uh, could say there are any number of things we do here. How about if you play this instead? Beat me with a ball bat. My hair is all bloody. Awesome. I could also do this. <laughs> no, none of those. What about this? I kind of like that one. I like that one, too. How about... Uh, it's very soothing. No. No. Wait, wait. How about... Uh, wait a minute. How about... No. Mm. Stop it. Do you want to hear me talk about child LaBeef? Yes. Well, he says he got a sense of humor from watching his parents have sex. <sighs> My humor comes from seeing my parents have sex, smoke weed, and my mom being naked. Weird hippie stuff, he says. The Transformer star was also arrested for DUI in July of 2008. He admits to being an alcoholic. Why am I, not, why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an effing clue. Now, see, and Sarah noted... Um, Part two of the see, story. That, that, that he has, he's been quoted, and I think you had some story, but he's been quoted in the, like several times, sort of saying variations on this same it comment. Says, quote, people think I have sex with my mother, unquote. It's freaking outrageous. He made the comment to a Japanese reporter. So apparently these rumors are going around. He said, quote, if I could meet my mother and marry her, I would be with my mother now. If she weren't my mother, as sick as that sounds. See, but uh, it still you can't, there's no, yeah. So we can unmother your mother. <laughs> there's no sort of disclaimer you can put at the beginning of that sentence that makes it less creepy. I mean, maybe it's different in the hippie world, uh, but because this guy, let's see here. Uh, they sound like a bunch of liberals. That's right, Tim. Who Liberal probably want socialism. <laughs> yes. That usually goes hand in hand with wanting to hump your mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just like say things like, if my mom was young, I would want to like marry her and not expect to have repercussions for that. Uh, because this, okay, this email, uh, this text says, uh, I think it's out of context. He says, as a young man, it's easy to, this is a text, says it's easy to find your mother attractive. She's the first woman you know and have a relationship with. Um, see, but then this is where the text becomes creepy. It's easy to feel as though you love your mother in an inappropriate way, says this listener who's inadvertently revealing more than he wants to. As a boy, you have experienced, uh, see, I hate the auto refresh feature on this uh, text messaging service, by the way. Oh, I noticed that. The text messaging service. I'm in the middle service, of reading something. <laughs> Yes, 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 you are. And by you, I mean me. Just now, as I was trying to read this, don't get me wrong. I love uh, the actual texting thing that we have here. Yes. But I, what I don't love is the fact that it auto-refreshes as I'm trying to read something. Is there kind of, some kind of switch you can push to stop uh, that? I would like. Anyway, it says, uh, as a boy, you have experience uh, with naked women and are a little experience with naked women and are very... Uh, very intrigued by the female figure. It's not weird to notice your mom is attractive. And then he says, ultimately, most men and women marry someone with many traits their parents have, unless you're attracted to people who are the opposite of your parents. Look at your own wife and notice the similarities to your mother. And I think at this point he believes he's speaking to me, but he's really speaking to himself. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, scene. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do uh, one more here. We'll uh, bring the one more down here. this uh, whole yeah, let's business. Let's see here. What do I have? Uh, trying to see if I missed anything today. Oh, Facebook, you kids, is offering to let you name your profile after yourself. All you have to do is wait up until Friday, until the stroke of midnight Eastern time, and be the first one to claim this. Uh, Facebook now assigns numbers to profiles and group pages, making it to uh, making it tougher to nab higher rankings in search engines. That change happens at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time Saturday when the race begins to claim a vanity URL. I don't understand. How does that... Oh, it's like, if, like, you know... How... 
My MySpace, like MySpace.com. Oh, slash, slash Sarah, Sarah Dillon. Dillon. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. It so, has 200 million users worldwide. And so, but what, well, hold on. Now, if I go to Facebook right now. It won't let you. Uh, <laughs> you can't. Mustn't. Absolutely not. Do not want. Uh, not yours. All right, so let me look. I'm going to my uh, Facebook profile here. So is it, oh, is it like Facebook.com slash 9972501? All right. Okay, so I yeah. It's kind of like the numbers on the code for the... Uh, that thing we just used? That new piece of equipment? You mean that? No, the other right. thing. Texting? <laughs> yes, that. Uh, by the way, the... I can't keep all these terms straight. By the way, the answer, of course, to uh, uh, to the, the uh, shield-winning question was, oh, my. Oh, that my. Was the answer. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. The answer was, oh, oh my. my. And we're done. Uh, we want to thank uh, CNN Radio Correspondent Jim Roop, as well as Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, and uh, from the Willamette Week, Kelly Clark, who is traveling for the next five weeks or so. So, uh, safe journey to her and her husband both. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran of GeekInTheCity.com, a woman who, I swear to God, will talk all about autoerotic asphyxiation and how not to, you know, off yourself while you're doing that. Plus, from the San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry. The Rick Emerson Show, produced it every, uh, today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. The production assistant is Greg Nibbler at the front desk. Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. Uh, uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. And, uh, of course, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. It is Thursday, May 11th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, be safe. Watch out for snakes. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Assalamu alaikum. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening. KUFO Portland.